Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 80. Look who's back. Matt is back in the house and ready to rock. We got a great show for you guys today. We are going to talk about the rumors about a Switch Pokemon game. And then we're going to talk about Nier Automata. Automata? Automata. Automata. I haven't figured that out yet. We'll try to figure it out on the show though. And lastly, I am about 50 or 60 hours deep in Mass Effect Andromeda. What is up with all those review scores? We're gonna talk about it. Let's do it now. Hey everyone, what's up? Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon, evening, late evening, whatever it may be, and wherever you are, we are primed and ready, locked and loaded for Game Face 80. Matt, good to have you back in the house. Good to be back. You hanging in there, man? Getting there. Yeah, it's tough, man. I had to put my cat to sleep not long ago, and I I still have problems with it. So Yeah, I was, you know, it's been like three months of run up to it, and I thought I was ready, and uh, I was not. You're never going to be ready for that. You can't. I mean, cats are such awesome creatures. Like, yeah. they don't really ask for anything, and so whenever yeah. bad stuff happens to them, it's just hard. Well, so. I mean, I'd had her since I was in my 20s, and we were in San Francisco, and she came down to L.A. with us. And A lot of history. She was, uh, you know, she was there through all of it, and uh, so that's actually one of the weird... I, I, I hit, like, a weird existential nausea thing where after a few days where I was like, even if you get another cat, it's like... Yeah, it's it's not only like it doesn't replace a cat, but it's like you'll never have another cat that lived through those years with oh, those yeah. P four years, those tech TV years, that special time in my life that she was. It was like yeah, that's that's the hard thing to really kind of. It, it's like that's part of your life is it, it's a real stark reminder that that part of your life is over. Yeah, it is. And the other thing too about pets is that pets are always there. Yeah, it's like people in your life come and go. You hang out with people for a while and then you don't. Uh, you have a girlfriend and then you break mm. up. Uh, you live different places, but if you have a pet, the one constant is that pet. Oh, yeah. And so you're right. You can totally attach all those memories to the pet and everything. Mm -hmm. So and Now I really want to get out of that apartment. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> a lot of memories in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, man, for toughing it out and coming yeah. in today. I'm sure the viewers are going to be happy that you're back. Not that Brent did a terrible well, job, but... No, no. Brent was great. I did watch the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, kind of, I've played a lot. You know, that's... I guess that's one positive. It's what, it's what we do. We lose ourselves in these games to try to, you know, I've done that in the worst parts of my life all the time. You know, Castlevania Symphony of Night came out at a very good time back in 1997, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's just, there's nothing like having a good game to just sort of escape into. So They are definitely, and a lot of people will deny that they're an escape tactic, but they definitely are. It can be. They can always, be. But, but, you know, it's, I think it's also different for each person because, yeah. you know, obviously when I went through the stuff with, I'm still going through with my dad and my sister, like, I honestly couldn't play games for a really long time. Um, because oh, yeah, I was, I was like that for a while, too. But, you know... After a day or two, I, I loaded up Zelda again and just I just mindless, mindlessly tracked down Korok seeds for go. hours. All and of so, them, so you can get a, a pile. Of, of them. So you can get a pile of poop. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm almost maxed out on all the inventory. Oh, really? So I've got like 400 something. Oh, so wow. I'm pretty close. I think I finished with like 150 or something like if that. If I hadn't like gone exploration crazy, that's probably about how many I had. But there was a point at which I'm like, oh, look at this tree. Yeah, but this tree. Oh, look, there's a circle of things over there. It, it, they're very well placed in terms of you know visually. If you look around from one of them, you can see where another one. Yeah, you, you can, sort of go yeah. one to one. You just kind of constantly connect the dots. Hop to, from one to the other, and it becomes suddenly it's four hours later, and you haven't done the thing you intended to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get kicking with the show here. we got a lot of stuff to talk about and don't want to keep you guys too long. I know some of you folks in Europe is starting to get a little late at night, so let's just jump straight to it. Near Automata. 
That's how I say it for whatever I've been reason. I'm saying automata. I, I, I think automata. Is I think that's how I've, right. I've heard people say it like three different automata ways. Automata makes me think of Automat, which is like one of those '50s places where you like put money in and open a plastic doorway and a sandwich comes yeah, out. Yeah, so that doesn't seem right. <laughs> um, automata is more like automaton. I don't know. You mean like a, a salmonella machine? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's really what those things Nothing are. Nothing like egg salad out of a plastic door. Yeah. So we actually have not talked about this game since it came out. It's it's got huge review scores. It did. From pretty much um, every outlet. Um, I don't really get it, but okay. But it's still way going way under the radar. I mean, we can see from the traffic that, yeah. it, that it garners on Sifted that it's really kind of not on people's radar. I was thinking maybe the high reviews might change that, but it hasn't seemed to. Are people so. missing out on something here with Nier? Eh. Did you like the first Nier, by the way? Oh, I loved it. I okay. really liked it. Um, I, I admit I only played it kind of out of a curiosity as to... Why McElroy couldn't find where to fish? Yeah, if you remember, like, I didn't remember that. He, whole it thing. was a thing where he didn't. He, he like thinks like I'm not going to review this game because I couldn't figure out where to fish. And like you look at the screenshot and there's a big X in the corner of the mini map. Like yeah, that's where that's you're supposed where you to go fish, fish, dude. Yeah. Like it's like. <laughs> but I played it because I'm like, okay, I want to see what this is all about. Because he's like, I didn't really know what to make of this game overall. And so and I play, I really liked it. It's like a nice little action RPG with some bullet hell elements. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Platinum made this one, so it's got a much better combat system than the last one. But, yeah. like, the last one, it's, it's a compelling world. It's kind of a weird, far-flung sequel to the Drakengard games. Right. A lot of people don't even um, realize that it was a Drakengard game. No. And, uh, and it's got multiple endings. Just, you know, this one also has multiple Like, 26 endings, endings, Well, this one right? does. The last one had four endings. And you finish the, finish the first time, you get the ending. You play New Game Plus for ending B. Ending, that whole thing reveals a thing about the world that's like, oh... Like really f- oh. nasty revelation. Was it worth it, playing it all? Oh, absolutely, times? Oh, really. Yeah. Wow. And then you play it, but then you play it again, and there's like ending C and ending D are your two options for the third like new game plus uh-huh. playthrough. And ending C is a big downer. It's not not a happy ending. Oh, really? Ending D is worse and deletes your save. What? Like in that point, you've Why? gone through the game because it's so bad. What happens that your save dies? What? That's how bad it is. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. And idea. it deletes because, like, and at that point, remember, you played through the game three times. Right. You're at like a hundred something. You're not hours gonna play point. it again. No. Yeah. Like you've seen everything, but it's like if you get the bad, bad ending on the third playthrough, it deletes your entire save. That's some Kojima shit, right? And there. it has, uh, <laughs> and it had fanta- some of the best music of the generation. I think it had great music, and so, so does this one. So what's different about Automata? Well, this Automata is um, Automata U. Uh, it's um, it's much more of a platinum. I mean, obviously made by Platinum. Yeah. Uh, the pedigree is there. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot of Metal Gear Revengeance in this um, Metal Gear Rising. Not a surprise. Uh, you can tell it's made by people who had that experience. Um, and like the other thing that's different, I guess, is like it's a little more open. I'll tell you because like it's not like fully open world, but it is you know open area, like wander around area, kind of like the way Witcher Two was, where it's like you get really big areas to run around in. But they load in. Yeah, and uh, and you you jump from one to the other, and it's fairly seamless transition. But you can jump up to the space station and come back down. Like it's it's uh, it's I'm not I haven't finished even one of the playthroughs because you, you're supposed to play it like play through once, and then like the second playthrough. Uh, is like he plays a different character and like it reveals more. I think there's several times that happens because it's not apparently very long. It's like don't you have to play it six times to get the real like ending. Yeah, like yeah. To, to see the whole picture basically. Right. I'm having a lot of trouble getting to the end of one playthrough because this is not. <laughs> I tell you, coming to this game after be, coming off the open worlds of uh, Horizon and Zelda, this is hard. Well, it's really dude. empty. It's real empty and also 
I don't know, between this and Final Fantasy XV, I don't know what it is with Square believing that uh, an acceptable thing in open world games is for all the items to be glowing points of light. Yeah. But stop it. They do the same thing. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Like, all the stuff you you find, all the items that are dropped by enemies, it's all it's like this like glowing little shaft of light. And it's like, stop. Why is, like, everyone else can model the actual thing on the ground, why can't you? you know, if Zelda can, can do carrots everywhere, why can't you do carrots everywhere? Or whatever you're picking up. But it's like, you know, there's a there's a big crafting system kind of thing, and like it's it's there's a lot of weird little side quests to go do. Uh, you're running around a lot. My my main issue with it has been um, like the story is not grabbing me at all. Uh, maybe it gets better later, uh, which is going to be a theme I think today. Yeah, <laughs> like the it might about. be. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like it's you know it's moderately pretty. I'm playing the PC version, which is infuriating because the port I think is pretty bad. And I'm um, shocked by that because I've read a couple reports of reports. Yeah, that reports said have they been were, it's good. good. Durante, the guy who who did the DS fix for Dark Souls and has been you know, been very un- he, he's not going to do any fixes for because he thinks the port's great and it runs fine on his system and he didn't care. Uh, it runs like crap on my system. I've installed like the resolution fix that, that I can't remember the guy's name, but he's on, he's posting stuff on Steam. He fixed the resolution. He found out a thing where like it's constantly running. Um, uh, global illumination at this level that's totally unnecessary. So you can lower that, you get better performance. But it's still why would the developers not do this? I don't know. It's still it's still occasionally dropping to like 40 frames a second at 1440p on my dual Titan Xs. Jeez. So and like on Reddit, basically people are saying like, yeah, there's nothing. You can, it's just it's the game. Like it either works or it doesn't. And Square Enix is pretty terrible about fixing things. Uh, after the, fa- I mean, basically they only fixed that World of Final Fantasy depth of field bug on the PlayStation Pro because people screamed at them on Twitter for weeks. So yeah. like. I don't expect so it to get any better. it's another shoddy port of a Japanese game. Uh, for me, it is, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't see, and also, it runs my GPUs at, like, 85%. Like, they, wow. like they, they almost hit 200 degrees wow. when I'm playing this game. Dual. It, and for nothing. Like, it doesn't look that good. It's not... It's just not optimized. It, yeah, it's just, it's just not... A, it, they threw it in, and it works, but that's about all I'll say for it. Uh, I really kind of... And because it, the performance is not really particularly great, I kind of wish I'd gotten the PlayStation 4 version just because it would have been simpler to play it on a... Right. On a, on a you wouldn't be going on Reddit trying to find right. hacks. It would just, <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd accept the 900p and the low... And the, you know, the drop, drops in frame rate as part of the hardware deal, and I just wouldn't be worrying about it. But on, on my computer, it bugs me every time it, the frame rate tanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of leads in nicely to my next question is the combat. I mean, it's a Platinum game. Platinum's yeah. known for its excellent melee combat. How does it hold up in this game? Um, I mean, it's there. It's, it's uh, you know, you've got, like, light attack and hard attack, and you can do various, you know, pretty simple, really, combos early on, at least, with, uh, with you know, merging one or the other. If you hold the button down, you get a different attack, and you can merge. I mean, it's, it's elegant. You can pull some cool stuff off. It's got the dodge mechanic that's so, you know, kind of, kind of defined Platinum for a while after off Bayonetta, you know, the, 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 the dodge that freezes time. And all right. That. So in this one, if you dodge right as the attack's about to hit you, then you, you, will, you will get, a, like, a pop-up attack on what, whatever it was that attacked you. And if you can pop that enemy up, you will launch them and you hit them a bunch and juggle in the air and, then like, do, like, a slam attack. And it, it just basically gives you an advantage real quick. Um, and then uh, you have this little floaty robo thing with you that you can, like you're seeing here, it can shoot. It's like a, you know, you can shoot with it like a like a bullet hell shooter almost. Now, do you manually control the shooting or does it automate? Manually. You hold uh, on my, it's a uh, right bumper. And, and how does it balance that so you're not just constantly spamming it? It, does, it doesn't. It, there's really. no cooldown I mean, at all? No, it just doesn't do very much damage. So like, oh, okay. In theory, you could, you know, low-level guys you can rip through, but if somebody, somebody on your level, like, you're, you're going to be run. you could, like, kill them in probably... 
15 seconds with your melee attacks, but it would take like a minute and a half with your gun. So what's the point of it? Of what? Of gun? having them, if it really does no damage. Um... I, well, you use it for platforming, right? Don't you, like, hitch onto it and it, like... Yeah, it does, like... Like, if you hold the jump button, it does kind of, like... It's like a hover yeah. sort of thing. Um, I mean, he's a character. It's the, 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 your robot thing is a character. and uh, does it talks? Scan- yeah, it talks. There's a lot of scanning stuff. Um, every, you know, everybody's an android in this, so it's all just a little bit of commu- communication. Through. The lead characters are androids? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, she's an android that... <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, she's an android that doesn't wear any pants. And, um, <laughs> a pantsless android. Have, pantsless android who wears uh, knee-high stockings and high heels because... Actually, I'm... I'm <laughs> Somebody asked Yoko Taro about that, and he basically just said, because I think women in heels are hot. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm on board with that. Like, it's like, yeah. don't make up the thing about, oh, she can't wear clothes because she, she needs the sunlight or she dies, so she rolls around in the excuse, rain. Yeah. And da, 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 da. I'm just like, no, nah, it's fucking hot, so I'm just going to put her in heels and take her pants off. Like, it's like, okay, great. Like, at least be honest. I think know? that's something like, most male gamers can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> no and, pun intended. Um, and it's, yeah, well. And uh, so yeah, it's, and, and there's a lot of stuff. It's I, I know people have praised the story, but so far it's just the usual kind of like anime android, like what is love kind of bullshit. What and, is like, the story? The story is like it's it's I don't know entirely how it ties in with the old stuff because uh, uh, I'm not going to get into it because it, it deals with like the ending of, of the original Nier and okay. stuff. But like, so it does tie into the original game. Yeah, I mean it, you don't need to have played it. But it's. I think you should play it because I think it's better than this game. You think it's better than this? <laughs> I liked it better. Wow. I just, I just like the setting a little more. But, Interesting. But basically, um, uh, humanity like has been forced off of Earth by an alien invasion like ten thousand years ago or something, and uh, so now all of humanity lives on the moon. And of course, of course they do. And there's like uh, there's like this satellite space station full of these humanoid androids that. Um, their job is basically to go down to Earth and try to fight off all the robots that the, the, the aliens left down there and, and beat the aliens back and make Earth okay for humans to live on again. And so you kind of... So the, the androids are kind of like... like the, the op- that's the, one of the other things. Like the opening is this big like, um, attack on this uh, installation where they've got supposedly this super weapon that you have to take out. And it tells you when you first start the game up, it's like there is no autosave in this game. You have to save at specific places, and we will tell you how to do that when the time comes. But there is no autosave in this game. And one of the tricks there, if you die during the tutorial, you gotta start the game again. What? And it's, I mean, to the, like, it's, and it counts as an ending. What? It's ending W. (laughs) So if you die during the tutorial, like, I died in one hit from the first boss. Uh Uh-huh. And it, it runs the whole credits in like a maybe three seconds. Really? They all, just, all the credits go by like super fast. <laughs> and then it's just like game over. Try again. And then if you and if you try it, you can like load it up, uh, you know, off your same save and like you start again. And um, like that was like twenty minutes out, like gone. What? I'm, I, I'm, I specifically because I'd heard about that and I was like, oh, it actually happened to me. Oh wow, look at that. This has happened. And I remember thinking like. Man, if this happened to Shane, like that would be it. Like it'd be over. He'd just been like, "Fuck you!" Like it's the end of this game, you know. Um, and then like you, find, you get like once you get past all that, like you go through all this other stuff, and eventually you run into this weird woman wearing a mask that's a reference to the last game, 
who knows she's in a video game. Oh, and basically, so it's self-referential. Yeah, and she's the only one who knows that. But, okay. she, but she basically tells you, like, okay, you have, you, the, the game doesn't auto-save. You have to save at these specific points. And the thing in the corner of the screen tells you when it's okay to save. And like, but if you don't save, you're going to lose your... Pro- it's like, it's like I, we, I know games don't do this anymore, but like, we don't do auto-save here. Do you think maybe here. later on they kind of bring that break the wall, the might, wall yeah. like, and it becomes a part of the story the, well, maybe? Well, they're, they're definitely playing the seeds for something like that. I don't, I don't know if that... I haven't read spoilers for later in the game. I've only played... I've probably only played like six hours or so. Okay. Um, it's, I'm not what you call far into it. It's not holding my attention particularly much and I don't know if that's because I'm not super into it or because the performance issues and how much time I've spent trying to get it to run properly have annoyed me so I wouldn't go entirely by what I'm saying here in terms of of is it hooking me or not because uh, it might have hooked me if it just worked that's kind of why I wish I bought the PS4 version so it wouldn't be loaded right, in this package right. for me um, but it's cool, and like, but there's a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, the androids are trying to struggling with whether they're hu- human, like, you know, like there's a thing where like, your assistant here, the the, the boy, because they're wearing blindfolds because they're, um, you know, and when they r- realize things, they take their blindfolds off because that's they how that's how deep the metaphor goes. <laughs> I mean, her name is Two B. Oh, really? Her name is Two B, as in or not to be. Like that's that's the level. Oh, I see doing. now how the robot's useful. Yeah, for see, the bullet hell stuff. So you basically can always be doing damage to bosses. Is kind of well. Also, you're that. taking out some of the bullet hell bullets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and you can see the. Yeah, you can't take out the dark ones. You can take out the light ones. So it's kind of like uh, Ikaruga it, in a, a, in a, a way. A little bit, and it actually does. I mean, be, the beginning of the game is actually a top-down spaceship shooter. Oh, really? Like start, there's a lot, just like near one. There's a lot of variety in gameplay. Uh-huh. Like there's there's side-scrolling sections. There's top-down sections. There's the bosses are all different kind styles of boss battle. I mean, there's a lot of variety, and it's not just running around. I mean, there's a lot of running around the open world doing fetch quests for people. But if you want to just kind of barrel through it, it's not repetitive in that regard. I wouldn't say it's it's got a lot of variety in it. But there's a lot of stuff where it's like you know the 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 guy there is like early on. It's just like is like yeah it's great to have you i'm usually i'm a scout so usually i don't have anyone to to talk to and she's and she's like no emotion we're only here to do a mission i'm like so it's like there's a whole thing where like the the androids aren't supposed to be emotional about things i'm like but they do have emotions so it's like why did you give the androids emotions if they're not supposed to be emotional it's because otherwise you wouldn't have the story where they can go around you know it's, it's like you know the android walking around asking what love is and all right. that it's just like it's it's you know, last week I, you said something about how like it doesn't look very anime to you and i think you're crazy really it, i it screams japanese to me like all the like as soon as you play it and like the weird awkward di- straight translation dialogue about like you know all the weird interface like don't call me ma'am and then all the weird politeness things and all yeah yeah i mean too. i was i haven't played the game so i haven't experienced that stuff just by the promotional media i've seen it it doesn't look like a Japanese game. I game. think it's super Japanese. I mean, for one thing, American cyborgs generally don't have no pants and and a, <laughs> and a, and a flowing miniskirt. Uh, and it's like, and it's funny because like they do sort of downplay that in comparison to some of the preview material. Because it's like I remember you saw the preview material where it's like every time she climbed up up a ladder, it was like here you see you see Honolulu. Really, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, that's not, like well, the, the first trailer, to, like the la- the lasting shot, the longest shot in the first right. trailer is a cross shot. The camera seems to dodge that more often now. They seem to maybe they maybe they they altered that a bit, but um, uh, like I th- it feels a little primitive compared to the open world games we've played this year already. But if you're ready for that, I think it's a nice kind of breath of fresh air. In a Wasn't way. this Platinum's first quote unquote open world game really? 
Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So maybe for a first try it's not so bad. Yeah. I not mean, that that matters when you're deciding whether to buy a game or not. I mean, not, I don't but. think the open world helps it much. I think you're, it's mostly just a lot of transit time because there isn't really a lot of fast travel as far as I can tell. Like you can, There's like a surfing thing I saw there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can... Yeah, you can... Well, because if you do the dodge and keep holding a direction, she sprints. And uh, she, she has unlimited sprinting. Um, and, and in this, this desert area, if you go down hills the wrong way, you will kind of slide down them and stuff. It's, it's, it, it's, it's both a faster way to get downhill and a way to limit where you can go. Um, One thing I would say... If you can kind of get past sort of the... And you're seeing some of the performance problems here. Uh, from that. My, my version actually does run better than that, I, yeah. I will admit. But... Um, you can, if you can get past kind of the the by rote side quest design and, and sort of the the standard issue anime, uh, you know what is love Android story. Um, there's a lot to like in here. I, I'm surprised it got like nines and and so such a, not because it doesn't deserve it in my opinion, but just because I guess I didn't wouldn't expect like you know mainstream reviewers to really pick up on the on the on the, the good points of this game so quickly, you know? Like, Interesting. I would have expected more like that one reviewer who basically said, uh, uh, I don't remember what outlet it was, but they basically said, we finished, we got to the credits and we said we don't want to play this anymore. And everyone, like, roasted them because, well, there's, like, five more storylines to play through, right. even though the game doesn't tell you that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you if you get through that much, I mean, that's like a 10-hour or so playthrough. It's like, I feel like if you don't like something after 10 hours, it's okay to put it down. Yeah, yeah. Why would you um, torture that, yourself? Because that tells me as much as anything else. You know, it's like, it's like okay, like people are like, oh, they didn't finish the game. It's like, yeah, but still the fact that you didn't want to finish the but game tells me something. But is that not finishing the game? Is, is replaying the same game well, over and over again not finishing the game? That's, I mean, that's a very... I mean, this game makes that, that question very interesting. That brings up an interesting conundrum, yeah. Because... You did. You saw the credits. You finished the game. You completed but, all the content, right? But if the, yeah, well, sort uh, you of. You just didn't watch cinemas, apparently. Yeah, but like the content in this subsequent play- playthroughs is different. Oh, it is. Yeah, somewhat. So there's different levels and enemies. I think. And- Okay. Like I don't, I'm not entirely clear because I didn't want to. You know, Where do you draw the line, though? I mean, I you play know. it like 30 times, and you've played it enough. Like, well, it, well, it's like the it's you know, a gray area. Similar thing like like Odin Sphere, where it's you know Odin Sphere, you got to play through that like four times to really see everything. Yeah. But uh, I feel like you don't need to play through it four times to see everything, if you know what I mean. Like you, yeah. the, the game has its tricks on the table by 10 hours in, if, yeah. and if it doesn't, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, anyway. the problem. Like, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's it's too bad that it's not doing better because I do think the near world is very interesting. Like it's like as cliche as the characters have been so far, I can't help but think they're building to something because the first near did that too. Where early on, it seems like it's just sort of this cliche kind of like, oh, here's this old guy who used to be a warrior and he wants to take care of his sick daughter, so he's running around doing odd jobs in the fantasy kind of fantasy sci-fi RPG world and eventually it kind of becomes most like oh there's a lot more happening here than you think there is and there's a, there's hints of that in, in this, this game so far but as an early what I would probably classify as early impressions even though I am six or so hours into it um, so far I'm not seeing what people are freaking out about but I'm going to keep going I'm definitely going to keep going one last thing I wanted to ask you about is to me and again I have not played any of this game at all but just watching the promotional media watching the gameplay we're seeing right now it seems to be far less over the top compared to most platinum games. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, I would say that's a f- pretty fair. I mean, especially assessment. when you consider games like Bayonetta. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's not as crazy over the top uh, in terms of how the combat system works. But again, maybe later once you've upgraded your weapons and stuff, it is more like that. But it seems more like they're gonna, you're going to take like a like maybe a combat system 
not on the level of Bayonetta, but maybe on the level of Transformers Devastation and insert it into like an action RPG semi-open world game. And that's not really something you see very often. You yeah. know, the, certainly the combat in this is, is uh, several tiers above something like, say, The Witcher 3 or even or Zelda. Right. Where it's like, you know, you've got strategy there, but it's not, you know, the, 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 the kind of the stylish character action element is just not really there. And that is very present here. Do you think maybe that's what's resonating with uh, other critics? It could be. Is that they just really enjoyed the gameplay it, it, compared I mean, to a lot of other action I mean, RPGs? While the, I find the open world element primitive, uh, the combat is probably enough to carry that for most people, I would think. It's, because uh, again, like if you really, you know, if like, the combat system is not something that like blows me away just because I'm not a huge platinum fan overall. Because yeah. um, I just feel it's very samey at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, you saw the same system in Transformers Devastation. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, like, by the same token, the fact that they put a, a combat system like this in a game like this, I can't think of another example of that, really. Um, so, that, so I would say that is making it unique enough to be worthy of a look. Maybe you want to wait until it's a little cheaper because the performance issues are there. Um, and I kind of wish I'd waited a little bit, at least on PC, to wait and see if they fix anything. Right. Um, it's probably not going to get any better on PlayStation 4, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll see. I mean, Square, I've been very unimpressed by Square's unwillingness to fix things after, after no, right. release recently. Yeah. I'm frankly, you know, there's been a lot of talk about um, you know, the, the Kingdom Hearts remasters coming out on PlayStation 4 and how there's a whole bunch of bugs and weird things in, in the remaster that were not in the old remasters. And now the English version has a bunch of new bugs oh, introduced boy. into it. And they just tweeted today that there's going to be a day one patch that brings it up to par with the Japanese version, which still leaves a whole bunch of stuff broken. Oh, yeah, But, yeah. like, at least they're doing something about it, so maybe maybe they'll, folk, you know, turn around and do something on, on Nier. And maybe, I mean, the guy... Maybe we finally figured out the breaking point for Square Enix. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't mess, with, don't mess with, with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Uh, that necessar- won't necessarily translate into better support for Nier, obviously, but yeah. it would be nice to see them work a little on this thing, because... It needs optimization on, it looks like, all platforms. Because I don't see any reason why this game shouldn't run better on PlayStation I mean, look, Pro. it's barren. There's, There's like, not really nothing. It's just here. a bunch of sand and a couple of buildings. And again, like, it, the, you know, the global illumination setting, which you cannot change unless you use that user mod patch that the guy put on... Uh, uh, and see, the, 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 the hitching here is very similar to what happens on my computer, except not as often. Um... And once I put that, I mean, I was getting like 40-some frames a second in general in the open world with, you know, with dual Titan X's. Like yeah, that, which I mean, is insane. I know that for a game that looks like it this. Just, it just is no reason for it. <laughs> and, like, and, I, and once I, he did the updated fix and I changed the global illumination setting down, uh, which doesn't really change the look of the game much at all, I got those 20 frames back. Interesting. Like almost, and it still dips, yeah. but like for reasons I can't explain. I mean, certain particle effects, I guess, do it. It's very weird. But like, um, like it, you know, the frame, I got 20-some frames per second back after I adjusted that setting. The other weird thing is uh, it's got some kind of constant uh, anti-aliasing thing happening that you can't turn off. So if you turn anti-aliasing on in the, in the options... It's anti. It's applying anti-aliasing to something that's already anti-aliased, so it looks worse. Oh right. So it creates stair, te- stair steps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if it looks better if you turn all the anti-aliasing off in the settings and turn ambient occlu- occlusion on. Interesting. Also, um, it's turning. If you have ambient occlusion on and you have anti-aliasing on, the higher the anti-aliasing, the worse the pop-in gets. 
I can't even explain some yeah, that of the stuff no going on whatsoever. technically in this game. And that's kind of, you know, you can see that, like, I'm very preoccupied with the technical problems to the point that maybe I'm not paying enough attention to the To the game. game. Who would you recommend this game for, if anybody? Um, platinum fans, for yeah. sure. I mean, don't expect Bayonetta 2 in terms of combat complexity, but it's there. You'll recognize it. You'll feel it. Uh-huh. You'll, you'll like it, I think. Um, anyone who wants kind of a JRPG, action JRPG thing, but with a more of a twist, like with a... It's got a really interesting combat system. It's got um, a, a very interesting post-apocalyptic world. It does not fall into the visual anime tropes. Like, right. you know, like that's why know, I kept saying it doesn't look like a Japanese game right. to me. I mean, it looks like a Japanese game to me because, like, I am well versed in kind of the post-apocalyptic, maybe apple seed, you know, uh, uh, you know, motif. Mot- yeah, that kind of thing. Like, I, I'm apple seed. Uh, maybe defines the the whole yeah. post-apocalyptic future android what is love thing. Yeah. Um, for me, but like it, this is you know Dominion tank police that kind of stuff. Like this stuff is there for sure. Uh, it's just not like the kind of you know big-eyed moe kind of you know what we were usually used to from like the Tales of games or something. Gotcha. I was um, also mentioning the Tales series in the chat actually. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, the Tales games seem like they're trying to kind of attempt some of what this game is doing, but I think this game does it better. Oh, okay. Uh, because I mean, Tales g- t- games have the action combat as well, but they ain't platinum. Yeah, oh, no. I mean, definitely not. Let's be honest. I mean, even as someone who's not going to call platinum the end all be all. I mean, this game plays way better than any of the 3D Tales games have, in my opinion. Well, that's encouraging for people who like the Tales games. Though. Yeah. Um, it's just, it doesn't have the visual appeal of this in the same way. I think, you know, I like the way this game looks more. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't run better. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the world is very interesting and, and unique in terms of what, you know, the, I mean, it wouldn't be that unique coming out of maybe a, a Western studio, but I think it's unique in terms of being combined with the take on 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 the story and themes that they're they're after. Um, I, don't, I can't say for sure whether those will be satisfying in the end because I haven't finished it by any stretch of the imagination. But um, it feels good. It feels good to be in the world. I mean, not like in the sense that it's a pleasant world because it's not. But it's like I feel like they're they're they've got an idea and they're building to something and they're gonna they're gonna get there basically. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like Horizon, where it's like, oh, th- th- this has been thought through. Yeah. Like there's a feeling of there's a curation here and what they've put in this world and like kind of the way they've set things up and the way these buildings have been destroyed and, and the things you see in the various locations. They're they're put there for a reason. to Tell you. A, you know, a wordless, kind of like Fallout Three did with like, it, tell, it tells a wordless story in how these this world fell apart, and I think that I always like that in a game, and I think this game pulls that off pretty well. All right, well, let's move on. I'll be interested to hear uh, other people's comments. Oh yeah, and then someone said that uh, the cutscenes are thirty frames a second. <laughs> whether you, oh really? You like them or no not. matter what, and they and they chug. The cutscenes chug. Really? Like, they, like they, they frame rate drops during cutscenes sometimes. I guess because they're loading something and sometimes they just get the wire. But yeah, on, on my, my super beast of a computer, it runs the cutscenes at 30 frames a second. It happens on PS, PS4 Every as well. Every platform, yeah. But like it, like it, the frame rate drops during the pre-order cutscenes. What the hell is going on? That makes no sense. None. So, technical, technical kind of, technically kind of a mess in places, at least you know, in terms of you know, optimization. But like, uh, overall, I'd say worth suffering through at 40 bucks. Forty bucks. I'd say wait for forty bucks. All right. Unless you're like a crazy platinum must-have it fanboy, which means which you already have. You already have it. You don't <laughs> yeah. need. To, you don't They've already finished it yeah. the six times at yeah, least. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're already through the whole thing. And they're like, oh, he doesn't even know. He doesn't know yeah, how yeah. amazing it's going to be <laughs> yeah. on playthrough five yeah, exactly. when yeah. <laughs> when the shit hits the fan. And I believe you. When you, yeah. frankly, I mean, I play. I played near all the way through that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I believe you that like because near already has proven that you know. 
the multiple the, the subsequent playthroughs pay off. It's not just playing the same game again. At least right. it wasn't on the first game. So I don't yeah. not the first game because it was a Dragon Ball Second, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yahtzee got into that a little bit. Yeah, he did. As well, yeah. So I was like. That was a pretty good episode yeah, I liked of it. Uh, Zero I liked Punctuation. It. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about the Switch. Hmm. Switch how long has the Switch been out now? About three weeks, three and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, stock is finally coming back well, in. Well, it was Friday, so it came out on a Friday. Yeah. So it would be exactly... Exactly three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, so stock is finally starting to come back. Here um, and there. Yeah, GameStop... Came back briefly on Amazon earlier today and sold out again in 15 minutes. Yep. Uh, GameStop is saying that right now the way it's tracking, it could be as big as the Wii, which anything mm-hmm. GameStop says I take with a grain of salt because obviously there's a bit of a conflict of interest there right. because it's GameStop's job to drive hype to get people to come into its stores to buy stuff. And as we saw from the uh, delisting of, of them from the New York Stock Exchange, yeah, uh, was it hardware sales down some like 29%? Yeah. They need foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People are finally learning that there's not really any reason to buy anything. Well, wait, were they really delisted from the stock exchange? They're about to be. Oh, because I know Mad Cats was yesterday. Was it, was are you mixing up those I'm stories? I'm mixing those stories up. Their, their yeah, okay. stock was way down. Yeah, That's what it yeah was. GameStop, Mad has Cats was getting delisted. GameStop had a really poor Q4, down 14% yeah. year over year. It's making up for it with its stupid, like, All the, uh, yeah, the tchotchke stuff, sales yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Mad uh, but Cats it, was just like, don't go in, you know, don't ever get involved in Land Wars with Asia and don't go bet your company on a Rock Band sequel. Those, yeah. are, those are your classic blunders. There. Unfortunately, it didn't learn the lessons that other companies had learned yeah. from the last Rock Band, which is, yeah. it's a fading genre that not a lot of people care about anymore. I, I don't know who was running Mad Cats, but it was a really important Yeah, there was so, so, many, so much bad news this week for, for various <laughs> financial situations, I couldn't keep up with them. But yeah, uh, GameStop's just... Their stock kind of dropped. A 14% drop year over year at this point in a console's life cycle is alarming to me. I know I've talked about this before on the show that I'm a little nervous about where the industry's headed right now, but that's I, a big deal. Yeah, but, I, but again, I don't think GameStop, I've said it before, I don't think GameStop is a tremendously accurate thermometer for. Yeah, because they move over to digital and everything. At some point, someone's really, you know, between Amazon Prime giving you the 20% discount, between the Best Buy Gamers Club giving you the discount, I mean, there's no reason to buy anything at GameStop anymore. No, you're absolutely right. Like it's it's a good place to trade stuff in, but or like, is it? Or is it? Yeah, I mean, games. <laughs> or should you, know, you sell all your stuff on eBay? Yeah, or Best Buy, eBay, and Amazon are catching up on that too. But it's like you know, I if I don't need a game right now, right now, right now, I'm gonna get it through Amazon because yeah. I, I, I well, I, if you're a Prime member, I'm, you get I'm it already a Prime day member. Day. You get it day of, and I get twenty percent off the physical copy. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't you, you do that? Yeah. Uh, so. There's incentive for GameStop to say Switch is yeah. turning into and my a switch. I got my Switch on Amazon as well. It's like, you don't get the discount, but I don't have to go to GameStop. And I would also say anecdotally, looking at the Switch and the Wii, it doesn't even seem like it's in the same class to me. Because when the Wii came out, if you went on Facebook, everybody was talking about if the Wii. If you turned the news on, right. it was just Wii, Wii, Wii. And I haven't, heard any, I haven't seen anything on the national news or the local no. news about Switch since launch day. Even launch day, the stories were no. sporadic. Well, I, th- I mean, I think you, you're going to have to wait until what, how, how it happens in the holiday season to know one way. I mean, there is still the possibility that the Wii, that the, the, Wii, uh, that the Switch becomes the big... Um, are we, did we luck out that they didn't call it the Switch? <laughs> Switch. <laughs> um, Just add that extra I in there. Eye. That's all you need. Switch. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're um, absolutely right. But like, you know, if, if it, be, it, you know, there's a possibility it could become with, you know, with Zelda, uh, the long tail of Zelda, plus a new Mario game that looks like Mario 64, which everybody and their brother has fond memories of. Yeah. 
Uh, Literally, everyone in the yeah, brother. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I feel like you know it has a shot at becoming the hot Christmas item. Uh, if, if With it, Scorpio out there too. Yeah, I just don't think Scorpio is going to make the splash that they're hoping, unless it has a launch lineup that like I am just simply not anticipating properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see after E3, but like. Um, I don't know, man. People get a look at the first like, Scorpio game, the first 4K Scorpio game. It might move the needle. Mm, I don't know, man. People don't have the TVs for that. For no, the that's, I mean, that's a good point. But I also like, think a lot of people this holiday season are going to get 4K TVs. This is kind of the year where the price hits that mass yeah. market zone where you're going to see a lot of people finally upgrading their televisions from 1080p to 4K. I know I'm I planning on doing that, finally. I don't think that benefits uh, the Scorpio too much, though, because I feel like that's more of a thing where people are going to use the system there, because they already spent however much on a 4K TV. It's like, now you want to spend another 400-plus on a system? Some people will, but I think for the most part, they're just going to play what they already have. Yeah. In 4, you know, and... Um, I don't know. That's going to be real interesting because I don't feel like there's a huge market for the 4K thing just yet. I don't. I mean, video games are one of the few places where 4K makes sense because with a powerful enough rig, you really are rendering the, these games in like native right. 4K as opposed to like you know movies. Most Ultra HD movies are not true 4K. Right. They're yeah. 2K. Yeah. Even even Force Awakens was mastered in 2K. Like an actual 4K transfer is extremely rare in in Blu-rays. It just doesn't, it's, it's not cost effective yet. You will eventually see it, but not anytime soon. I mean, will, um, it fit on certainly, a blue, will it even fit on a Blu-ray? On one of the, the high-density ones. Yeah. Really? Like you can, you know, there's Ultra HD content now. Yeah, you can get that. Like Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia looks amazing at that. But it's like those kind of restoration, because film is 8K, right. essentially. Yeah. So you can get a 4K version out of yeah. a filmed Provided film. you shot it on film. Provided shot on film, that's going to be a problem for the Star Wars prequels going forward. But yeah. like... Um, very few studios find it cost-effective to do that yet, and so the, the the amount of content is very limited in that regard. And then, for if you're interested in streaming, there's even less happening there because our internet infrastructure in this country just isn't there yet really for, for yet. streaming, you know, ultra HD content. So to and me, now, by the way, all our browsing history is going to be sold to advertisers. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Holy cow, man! We passed that law underneath all the other stuff that was going on yesterday. Mm. Yeah, that's well, pretty first, scary. First, they have to get Google to give it up. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, no, this is they're getting it from internet service providers oh, who will ASPs. sell the data to advertisers. Mm. Yeah, that's some scary stuff. So, so anyway. Yeah, people voted for no net, net neutrality, so that's what we wanted, apparently, right? Not what I wanted. So, tyranny so, of the majority. No matter how you look at it, Switch is off to a good start. Pretty good. I don't think anybody well, argue that, with that. I mean, you were always going to sell those two million out to the Nintendo faithful. Like, yeah. It's, it's, we don't know until... Why isn't Nintendo not putting numbers out yet, is my question. Didn't they say, like, they sold through the whole thing? They didn't say what it was, though. They didn't say how many they sold? Yeah. I think before it launched, they said they wanted to have two million available for the launch window. But yeah. they usually, when you have big sales numbers, you put out a press release saying, we have big sales numbers. Mm. And we haven't seen that from Nintendo yet, which just makes me a little nervous. Well, I mean, the, the the launch sales, I don't know if they tell you much, because if you look like the Japanese launch numbers were like, it did very well. It sold, you know, the 300,000 range, but the you know, but they listed the other things that sold in that same range, and it was like, it was the Wii and the PlayStation 4 and the Wii U. Yeah. Like, the, the launch doesn't really tell you much. Yeah. Like, well, not in Japan, anyway. I think it does here. I don't think it tells you that much anywhere, because, like, we already learned, like you've said, you already learned from the Wii U there are 12 million people who buy any Nintendo console, period. Yeah. So you have to see if... if this system starts selling outside of the, the core demographic, and we're not going to know that 
probably not even until after Christmas, but at least during the Christmas rush, we'll start to be able to see if people that we know who are more casuals about this thing or more family-oriented gamers will be be interested in buying this thing. Because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the, the touted features are mostly focused on the portability. And, like, it's not that great a, a group system. You know, it's probably pretty good if you can gather a bunch of people that have one to play Mario Kart together. But first got to find, you know, it's like... If you've got like four kids, you're probably not going to spend a thousand dollars buying like right. three Joy Cons, for them yeah, and all, and all that. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs their own Mario, but or you can play split screen on you know on the dock, which is fine. Or you can you know the, the commercials seem to indicate that they expect you to play four players split screen on oh, that, that little, little dinky screen, screen with yeah. the little controllers the size of your nose, and yeah. I just don't think that's going to fly. Yeah, I don't either. Um, so I think we can both agree that it's it's come out of the gate about as well as could be expected. Um, but the big question now is. Now what? Because since the day that I finished Breath of the Wild, I have not turned on my Switch. No, that's not true. I did turn it back on because someone found a new way to resync the left Joy-Con. Mm. I turned it back on to do that and test it out. Uh, by the way, Nintendo is sending me a new Joy-Con. So mm. they're going to replace the one that I have that apparently Nintendo said this week that it was manufacturing variables yeah. or... Sounds like the ones that were made in one particular factory must have been... Had a problem. Defective. And then the ones that... Because mine is fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. And the one that they're, they're fixing and they're sending them back, there's a little square of, like, styrofoam that they yeah, put like in. a little square of, like, RF shielding. Yeah. Um, which I guess is to insulate the... The signal the or signal something. From but anyway, they're sending me a new one, which is great, so I, re I really appreciate that. But the big question about Switch isn't the launch, because we know there's lots of Nintendo fans who are going to buy this, and mm. there's an, a new Zelda that's really good that came out with it, Everyone's playing Zelda right now. What happens after that is the question. And so... Well, it goes into the drawer until Mario comes out. Basically, I mean, there's people that want Mario Kart or Splatoon 2 or whatever. Yeah, Splatoon but, 2, I think the beta started now. Yeah. So you can go and download Splatoon 2 right now and play, like, multiplayer. The beta, mm -hmm. so to speak. I don't know how long... Does it just run for the weekend? I think it was, like, three days, two or three days, yeah. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to start a thread on the site and going to try to get people together to play Splatoon 2... Uh, this weekend with me and do a hangout. Uh, so when the show's done and all this stuff is rendering and everything, I will post a post on the forums on mm -hmm. Sifted, and everyone can share their friend codes. I don't know if there's actually maybe a friend code sharing thread already, uh, but regardless, we'll share our friends friend codes and we'll get together and we'll play some Splatoon 2 this weekend. So back to the the whole topic and the thing we want to talk about today is at GDC 2017 earlier this month. Um, a data service did a survey of 4,500 game developers that were at GDC. And keep in mind, GDC, it isn't just about console gaming. They, no, it's there are developers there from, from everything. And so it basically was trying to get a lay of the land for 2017 as far as what developers want to mm -hmm. work on and what they think they're going to be working on. And GDC, I mean, that happens a lot. You get a lot of feedback and polling done there with like because you get a pretty good cross-section of the game development world. Well, yeah, you get the AAA guys, yeah. you get the indie guys, you get the people who are just making mobile apps, you mm -hmm. get the, the pioneers who are working in the VR space. Like, you get a lot more people who have their hands really literally on the hardware than you oh, would, yeah. even at a E3 or something. Well, it also came out this week that, in fact, the chip inside the Switch is just an off-the-shelf Tegra right. X1 chip. How thrilled is NVIDIA to get rid of those damn things? Oh, yeah, because they've just been <laughs> sitting in a warehouse. And Nintendo's thrilled, too, because NVIDIA is probably giving them to yeah. them for, like, nothing. They're like, man, we got a warehouse full of these things. Like, take them. Yeah, it's a, the deal's great for everybody but us. But us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this, this polling service, and if you can bring up the image now, Sam, that we have there. This polling service did a survey of 4,500 game developers at GDC and basically just asked them what platforms are they working on right now. 
in 2017, and the results are absolutely shocking to me, Matt. I think the worst part is that the Switch came in behind uh, Apple, rea- TV. Apple TV and augmented reality headsets. Are you freaking kidding me? Dude, the, what, almost his biggest shocker to me was PC. Yeah, well, everything's on PC, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess when you think about it, you're right. Like, all the indie games, mm-hmm. they always come out on PC first, and if they're successful... Like, if you're going to make something in Unity, why not put it on Steam? Yeah, really I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah. It's like pressing a button, basically. Right. That's all you have to do. Still, I was shocked to see that PC was far and away. Maybe not that it won, but 53% to 38% with the PlayStation 4 there. Smartphones, actually, no, it was almost it was over double PlayStation yeah. 4. Smartphones and mobile tablet at 38. VR headsets at 24. And you see Xbox One Scorpio at 22%? Which is interesting because, like, that's pretty much PC at this point. That's crazy, dude. Only 22% of the people at GDC are working on Xbox One or Scorpio games. Well, it's not that far behind PlayStation 4. I just think, think about that, though. It's like one out of every four guys is not working on an Xbox game. Mm. That's mind-boggling. Everybody's got their specialties. (laughs) I suppose. Web browser games, 13%. Linux, 7%. I thought that might be a little higher, because Linux is pretty easy to port from any PC projects you're working on. All the way down at the bottom, Nintendo Switch. Very interesting. That, Wow. Actually, not surprising to me, though. I mean, Really? Not really. I mean, look, it's a new console and everything, but they should have had dev kits months and months ago. I think we've already seen pretty clearly that there's a lot of lack of interest on, on, on getting back in the Nintendo quagmire for a lot of the third parties. But know? Nintendo put out that big list of developers that are working on this game. Sam, I think we have that loaded up as well. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. So, how do you have this many developers Apparently working Apparently it's about on... 3% of the industry. <laughs> I mean, look, there are a lot of Japanese There's a lot of mobile there. companies you've never heard of yeah. out there and et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, you look at that list there and you say, how do they get at that low of a percentage? I don't know. Well, some of these people, you know, several of these companies may or may not be represented at GDC. You're right, right. Well, um, a lot of the Japanese companies don't count. Yeah. But, uh... Matt, have, can you remember a time where there was a platform... That out of the gate, it had really anemic third-party support. And then over time, it picked up. No. I can't either. Because I keep thinking about the Dreamcast, and that didn't end very well. Because I'm wondering if a lot of these developers are sitting there right now saying, Wow, hey, the Switch is sold out. When they get more at Amazon, they're sold out immediately. GameStop is saying all this good stuff about Switch. And so I'm wondering if they're like, Hey, maybe we need to change tact and start building games for Nintendo's new console. But I cannot remember a single time where this is where it's ever happened, where developers out of the gate were like, we're not on this platform. Mm-hmm. And then over time began boosting their development for it. I mean, how much, you know, who knows of even how much of these companies on this, this one, you know, this, the sampling of the partners, how much of it is like, you know, they're negotiating and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll look into it. Kind of, you know, we'll look, we'll look at the hardware, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe they're not committed to it. You don't know. Um, and again, like, yeah, it sold out when it came out, but we don't know, you know, 2 million install base is not amazing, especially, you know, historically Nintendo systems sell Nintendo games and like, it's kind of like, you know, unofficial wisdom that like, 
if you're not published by Nintendo, your game is not going to sell nearly as well as a Nintendo game. So, like, and, you think that's, and that's what the graphics says, gun-shy. I feel like developers are gun-shy. Yeah. They've been burned before by Nintendo platform publishers and developers. I mean, indie games don't sell as well the other thing on is that, Nintendo platforms as they do right. on other platforms. Well, the other, well, it also doesn't help that like, you're, you're running into this thing where like, they're more expensive on the Switch. Right. Like, oh, that's another thing that came out this, that everyone's talking about this reason. week is that a lot of... Indie games mm-hmm. are ten dollars more for Nintendo I think Switch. Was it the Minecraft Story Mode? Yeah, was the, that was the story that came out today. Yeah. That's the next one. There was a what was it? Shovel Knight maybe that last week they talked about. It's ten bucks more on. There was some uh, indie. I can't game. remember which one it was before. I just but then I remember today the, the Minecraft Story Mode. Today it was Minecraft Story Mode. Ten dollars more than on any other platform. Mm. That's another huge. Because that's like a thing where like they're releasing like the complete package with right. the other platforms, yeah. and it's like thirty bucks everywhere else, and it's forty bucks on the Switch. On the Switch, and that's cartridges. Which is yeah. something Nintendo hadn't learned its lesson about. I, I mean, making this system, they yeah. couldn't have used. Although discs, at the I same, mean, uh, yeah, but at the same time, you, was there that kind of an extra ten dollar thing on on ports for the Vita? There were cartridges. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, those it, those those cards for Vita obviously were really expensive. The memory, because right. otherwise they wouldn't be charging us an arm and a leg and another leg. Right. For the memory cards for it. Now, the I mean, it could be that, like, because Sony is a major electronics manufacturer, they probably had a better deal right. on That's making true. those than yeah. Nintendo does on you their cartridges. You would think Nintendo, at this point, though, would have ends with all these manufacturers, because it's been making cartridges all along. Yeah. But... It's never stopped. Mm. I mean, other publishers have stopped making cartridges, and Nintendo all along has been making carts for 3DS and all its handhelds, mm. so... But that could work against them, because they, you know, these factories have to keep the specialized hardware on, on site just to fulfill Nintendo's order, so Nintendo right. might have to pay more for that. That could be. Um, I have no... You know, that, that is pure, bold, pure speculation. There is no actual knowledge behind what I just said. But, like, uh, you know, it, like, and people are already starting to call it the Nintendo tax. Yeah. Um, which I think is not accurate, but, like... But it does is. Does it matter? Like, it does is, it matter? I mean, if that's the only platform that you have to pay that extra money on, yeah. it is a Nintendo tax. Wherever it comes from, you still have to pay it, so it doesn't really matter yeah. what the origin is. So all this stuff is starting to add up to make it difficult for me to mm. see an extremely positive future like the one that GameStop is talking about right. for the Switch. I think a lot of it is... I mean, I think a lot of people are, you know, in terms of the big the big players, I think they're they're waiting, holding back, and I think they want to see how Skyrim does. Yeah, it could be. I think Skyrim is a, is a big... Uh, it's, a is the, test, it's yeah. the canary in the coal mine on this one, yeah. uh, and especially on a platform where you could play Zelda instead. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting, you know. Cause, and even the fact that like Bethesda won't commit to saying it's the special edition, right? Like, they won't even say that much, and it might be because Nintendo it's doesn't on let the Tegra them... X1 chip. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. I mean, it's not going to be the remastered version of it. It's going to be a port of the Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 mm. version. And meanwhile, you've still got people that seem to think that Red Dead Redemption 2 might be on this thing. Oh, and it's like... There's no way. There's a lot of weird... I can't... I don't know if to call it delusion or hope about what this system's going to have on it. And it's just... It really looks like it's going to be another Nintendo system with Nintendo games, and that's it. Except now maybe they've got better indie support. Right. And so going back to what you just said about these third-party games... I mean, the other thing to keep in mind about Scorpio is... It's going to be running all these third-party games. And conceivably, at a higher resolution, it, it will probably be the, other than the PC versions, the best version of the game available on consoles. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like gives Scorpio some more incentive for people to buy. Somewhat. But, I mean, 
More power doesn't always mean you win the generation. Oh, it not, hardly ever means you win a generation. Very rarely. Not that there are generations anymore. Not anymore, Like, no. they're pretty much gone. It's all just staggered release dates now. But, like, you know, it's just... I don't know if the, the mass audience cares or is aware of that. You know, I like, think the mass audience, the first thing that they look at is graphics. Right, but I think... <laughs> I think that is... If you but talk it's to just, the casual gamer right, and you say, what's most important to you in a game, they'll the, say graphics. Right, but the difference here with Scorpio is minor shit that no one can tell the difference on. Like, it's... Like, I don't know about that. We can tell I mean, the difference. I mean, why do you have such I, a rig, then, if you, you can't yeah, tell the difference? Yeah, because I can tell the difference, but I'm not who we're talking about here. I'm talking about my friends back home that play games a few times a week, and they, they want to know what the difference is, and if I showed them a screen from the Scorpio version, a screen from the PlayStation Pro version, I'd have to, like, use a laser pointer to show them why the... Well, I think the, that depends. I think that, that depends on if you send them 1080p screenshots, or if you send a 4K screenshot from Scorpio and a 1080p screenshot from the PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah, but they're just going to be like, why is this... Because that's, so the, that's how the accurate comparison but, there. I mean, you should send them a bigger screenshot. But they're just from... going to be like, why is this so big? Like, it's, uh, <laughs> I, this I, file's I, too big. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's like all the endless arguments about frame rate. People, like, my, trust me, like, most people don't know. They don't know the difference. It's like, I guess you, it depends on how bad it's it is. It's like when you go back, but they're like, oh, it kind of chugged. But like, the idea is like, oh, this is 30 frames a second, this is 60 frames a second. Oh, they, they don't, don't know. get that, yeah. They don't get that. And I think like, they know when a game slows down. They know when it feels smooth, but they don't know why shit. it feels smooth. And it's, right. like, it's like when you go back home and, you, and you're watching on somebody's mom's TV and, like, they've got the Auto Motion Plus thing on and everything looks like a soap opera and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no, turn this off and make it look. And they're like, oh, now it looks all, all short, like choppy, and it's just like because it's so good. and like you know, it, it, like no one, no one cares. Like I, it, it's so, it's so like we care and we can see it and we understand. We're enthusiasts and we know the difference. And we want the best experience, but I don't think that translates to the mass market. You know, I don't tra- think that translates necessarily to the I people. I think it's to a point, though. To a point, but, I, a, but, but a, not a threshold. There. But the people, otherwise, we wouldn't have these new consoles at all. We would have just kept playing the PlayStation Two and. Yeah, but like you know, part of that is because you know Microsoft, along with the others, they're chasing that 4K dragon. You yeah. know, not because people want 4K, not because the mass consumers demand 4K, but because that's all they got left to sell. I think they just want to get out ahead of it as well. They want you to know, be the first to market. But they want you to buy it now. They want this to be their next big. You know, it's like back when they were going HD, HD, HD. Right. Even though it wasn't really HD, and like you know, remember Sony? The HD era begins when we say it does, right. and all that stuff. You know, but even then. Those systems weren't running in full HD. No, they weren't. Yeah, we're barely hitting that now. You know, like, like, you know, even the PlayStation Pro, 4 Pro, yeah, it can do the checkerboard 2K thing, but really, it's mostly useful for being a really solid 1080p system. You're right. Yeah, like the system we probably should have got at launch. Right. Yeah. And so the Scorpio is going to be a nice upgrade for people that know the difference. But I'm just wondering. But I think it's very mainstream... easy to see in this case that we're talking about right now the difference between a Nintendo Switch game. And oh, what sure. will be a Scorpio game. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, does that matter if you can't play Zelda on the Scorpio? Yeah. You know? Like, and, and, but, but it's like, I feel like the people that like, are married to that idea... I feel like by then, idea, though, the people who want Zelda are going to have bought a Switch and played Zelda by somewhat, then. Somewhat. But I think the main thing is, I don't think you're talking about the same people, for the most yeah. part. I don't no, think... you're right. And, and even if you get one, like, you know, if, you know, okay, I've got Zelda now, does that mean I don't want a Scorpio? Well, I don't want a Scorpio because I have a PC. But, like... That, run, that can run stuff better than Scorpio. But if I'm, like, in the market for a, a console and I've got Zelda and Mario now, does that mean I'm not looking at Scorpio and thinking, like, ooh, that's pretty cool? No. I, th- I think you're either looking at people that are interested in both things or you're looking at people that are interested in either thing. It's not someone making a decision between them. It's more about making a decision between which one you get first. And I'm wondering 
at this point, if that decision might be preemptively made by the fact that it's probably going to be easier to buy a Scorpio than a Switch as Maybe. Christmas approaches. I don't know. I mean, it'll be, you know, nine months out from launch at that point. I'm sure Nintendo has gone on record saying it's ramping up its production. I think eventually they're going to satisfy demand. You're going to be able to walk into a store and buy a Switch. Well, you can still year. do that. You can walk into a store and buy a Switch in Europe. But right. like in America, it's still very hard to get. But that's I, what I'm saying. I think by and I think it will. I think even in a couple months, you'll be able. to Well, walk you into would a like store. to think that, but you still can't buy an NES Classic Mini, can you? <laughs> that's true. Where the hell are those <laughs> things? Like, if they can't get that out the door, what, what chance do they have getting a Switch? Because it's so okay. simple. What's yeah. in those NES Classics? Nothing. Like, <laughs> it really isn't. And it's not. It's not like it's news that that's popular. Yeah. It's been out since November. So let's get back to the topic. Do you, Matt? Do you see? Nintendo having the ability and the wherewithal to kind of turn this around. So when GDC rolls around next year, and actually that's a good way to phrase it. When GDC rolls around next year, what do you expect that percentage to be? It's got to be higher, obviously. Yeah. But where but do you think it's going to be sitting? I think it'll be like 13%. 13? I, th- I think, I think it higher. will at least beat the AR goggles. <laughs> How about that? Well, I think it'll, that- it'll beat Linux. <laughs> That should be Nintendo's goal. Let's beat Linux. Well, it's uphill battle. It, look, it already has all the indie games. Yeah. Pretty much every indie game is coming to Switch. So that's signed, yeah. sealed, delivered. And remember, like, you know, you're looking at this, this kind of thing. So if you're, like, say, like, all the developers that go there from EA, only the people working on FIFA got to check yes on the Switch. Right. So, like, everyone else that works for EA there said no That on was going to be my next point. Is so, like, like, no matter how much time goes along... Those third-party games, multi-platform games, are never going to come to Switch. Mm. So, thirteen percent is probably a pretty good estimate. I would say maybe a little higher, maybe twenty. Mm. Because again, I think it's going to be. I think Nintendo's making a big push for indies, and at GDC in particular, there's tons of indie developers. I don't think it would get out of the teens. Really, be under twenty percent. Wow, I would. I would be curious to see kind of. If you've only got people at twenty-two percent on the Xbox One, oh, that's a good point. Scorpio. You're not getting. You're not reaching parity with. The, Unless with the, the Switch. Switch does what GameStop is saying, and it does. I mean, become if, it, if it really does become the like next the Wii. Wii, and it becomes that thing, you know, like the Wii, or everyone's going, kind of, and then the Wii suddenly blew up, and everybody couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, it could be higher than that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, you think back to the Wii. It's as successful as it was. It did not have a lot of third party support. Right. So, and it well, even if it did have some third party support, it didn't really do the third parties very any good. Right. Because except for a few it things, yeah. it didn't. You know, Carnival Games and a couple. And again, like Gunshot. Like right. these publishers and developers have been burned by Nintendo yeah. hardware for I a mean, while. I mean, let's not forget, like, you know, one of the staunchest third party allies of Nintendo has been Ubisoft, and they have two Wii U games that they never released because it didn't make financial sense, even yeah. though they were done. And I mean, if that is actually the embodiment of Gunshy, because mm-hmm. Ubisoft is the one publisher that has stood behind Nintendo all this yeah. time, and look at what they had for the launch of Switch a port of Just Dance. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did- didn't even get like a like a better version of Syndicate. No, exactly. <laughs> it was nothing. Like, yeah. Well, I don't think Syndicate could run on like Watch Dogs Switcheroo Dude, or Syndic- something. Assassin's Creed Syndicate running on the Switch would probably run at about four frames per second. Didn't they have even the 360 version of that? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No, it was the first Assassin's Creed that didn't okay. have its feet in both. Okay, yeah, but a Unity Switch. Yeah, why not? You know. Because people hated Unity. Well, it's all patched up now, and it's actually good. Yeah, but nobody believes that. Right. You you, you try to tell someone that. It's like, no, it's terrible. It's like, no, it's all right. (laughs) Now that it actually works, it's pretty good. It's not bad, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch this all year, see how things Mm -hmm. change, see what happens when the mania is over, and Nintendo has to start earning its customers with something besides Zelda. And to see what happens with, like... 
uh, E3 and what, what else is in store for the end of the year and what, what Scorpio has to work with for, you know, for the holiday season. And, um, you know, like, just as the kind of reality sort of sets in, I'm like, yeah, like, the major multi-platform games are not going to be on the Switch. They're not, people are not going to make fancy, you know, gimped versions of, the, of, the, of mainstream games for the Switch to run on its hardware because it, it doesn't make financial sense. And, like, it's just, that's just going to continue, you know? And I know, like, you know, you're looking at kind of maybe a, a, a greatest hits old style port. I mean, there was, there's, like, rumors of, like, if, if Skyrim sells well, they might do New Vegas, Right on it. And it's like that'd be you know portable New Vegas is pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a nice idea. Yeah. Um, and it certainly would run on it because that it engine is ancient and it really wasn't that amazing looking a game, but it's a good great game. Yeah. Would I buy that? No. <laughs> I have that game twice already. Right. I don't need another version of it. I'm not. I don't intend to take. Well, it Well, look, with there's me. lots of people who have been on Nintendo platforms all along who have missed out Never on all it. of this. And there's so. a lot. Of, it appears to be people that want a portable version of these things, hell or high water. So it's like if you, I mean, if you really want to play Fallout New Vegas on a train, I guess that's your option. But like, yeah. um, I don't know. I just don't know if uh, if the, the fever is going to be there for non Nintendo stuff. And I feel like uh, the third parties are very aware of that. Yep. All right, we'll see. Just three weeks in so far, but uh, lots of anecdotal evidence and some financial data from mm-hmm. various sources. So it's not like we're just screaming in the dark here. Like we yeah. do have some touch points that we can kind of use as reference points to kind of figure out where everything's headed. But I still, did no- way too early to right. make any I did calls. No- also notice uh, going to a couple stores on the way over here. Um, they don't have the actual consoles, but they have everything else. Oh, really? Pro controllers, every kind of accessory you could ever want. Like, everything is there. Um, so that's good news. If you're looking for a so pro controller, you might be able to walk into a store the, and get one. I was at a Toys R Us on the way over here, and they had five of them. Oh, wow. Just lined up in the... In the and they had the, Ami- you know, the Zelda Amiibos, and, which were going for crazy, crazy amounts of money. On, yeah, you're seeing, like... You know, the, the Toon Link and Zelda were going for like $100 Jeez. or something. And like, wow. They were, they were like on clearance at Target the week before because they couldn't get rid of them. And now there's like, <laughs> now some people are. Now people have a use for them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're getting the accessories out there. They just need to get the systems out there. Yeah. Oh, if you need a gray Joy-Con, Best Buy's got you covered. Oh, Target and Best Buy have tons of them. The neon ones are gone. But the the gray so you think the neons popular. are more popular? Or you think they just didn't restock the neons? No, I think the neons are more popular with the people that bought it at launch for okay. sure. Interesting. The neon the neon system. I'm glad I have gray. I'm glad Nintendo. No, I got gray. gray. I'm happy with. I wanted gray, no question. But the neon systems go for like fifty bucks more on eBay. Really? People want the the, the 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 hardcore fans want the neon ones. I'm surprised to hear that that people would want mismatched colored controllers. But well, that's probably why the standalone ones are sold out because they're the opposite colors. Right. So if you want. Two blues or two reds, you right. got to get the standalone ones. And the, I told you the system is just here to sell us overpriced accessories. <laughs> I've been saying that for months, and and sure is it's working that way. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda, but not what you think. And I know the graphic probably fooled you because it said uh, Andromeda hate. Uh, so we're not talking about the game proper. We're going to talk about something that happened uh, leading up to the release of the game last weekend. Um, when people on EA's Early Access program had started playing the game early, they started uploading all the animated GIFs of the facial animation, and it turned into this huge crap storm over the weekend. And, and basically what happened is fans of Mass Effect went after the animators because, you know, it's their fault, right? Including one <laughs> woman who did not work on the game, apparently, and did not was not even employed by EA anymore. They not only went after her, went after her in deplorable, disgusting, nasty ways. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, 
That's what that's what people do to women in this industry now. So. Why is that, Matt? Um, if I knew that, I I don't know. Like, they're pathetic weirdos. That's all I can. T- I don't know. I don't I don't know why anybody would go after anyone specifically for that over a game that they ostensibly like, or even if it turned out badly. Um, I mean, hell, I've I've actually sat down and confronted some of these people that made games that I was disappointed by, and I never like did that like i don't i don't i the the, man, the mindset is alien although familiar to me i guess i would say because uh there's some terrible fucking people who like video games apparently it's disappointing to me it really is like i i feel a little bit of guilt by association mm-hmm. with some of these people and you know a lot of these stories are the ones that bubble up to mainstream outlets and so people like my mom read them and my mom actually got a hold of this story somehow and asked me about it and i was like flabbergasted that she had found out about it um and you know it makes her question me and my hobby and what i love and she's like are there lots of people that like gaming that are like this that just attack people for like no reason and i honestly sat there silent for like three or four seconds and i was like yeah there are what is it about our hobby that does this that makes people act this way matt versus everything look and there's soccer hooligans and there are Mm -hmm. NFL fans that go to games and get in fights and throw beer on each other. But at least they're doing it in person. (laughs) I mean, seriously, though. At least they got the balls to, like, do it face-to-face instead of this anonymous, like, bullcrap that people do on the internet. You know, trying to be keyboard warriors or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what is it about games that makes people act this way, man? I've been in this industry for so long, and I still, I just struggle to understand it. I can't, like... How can people not realize that it's a person? Because the internet anonymizes, or whatever you want to, however you want. Anonymizes. To, anonymizes. I don't even know that's it, a word, but you know, <laughs> it's very easy. When there's no consequences, it's very easy to forget that what you're what you're talking to is a human being. You know, um, it's not easy to forget that though. I never it, forget. Apparently, that. it is. But no, no, it's it's hard for them to remember that. But why? That's the point. That's what makes them different from us. Is that. They lack the ability to see avatars as a human being on the other side of them. We don't. We know that's another person. Just like me. I have an avatar online, but I'm a human being behind that little icon. And I understand that other people are human beings behind that icon. I don't really think it's that simple that they're just like, oh, it's anonymous. Like, I... There's just, like, hate in their heart or something. I just... I don't yeah, get but, it. but, like, they can express that hate without any consequences. That's that's what's happening there. It's... it's and I believe, what was it, Penny Arcade called it the greater internet fuckwad theory or something like that. It's like, you know, you get like a, 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 in their version it was like a head, headset from Xbox Live. But it's like, you know, basically it's like, yeah, the, the 12-year-olds that were calling you homophobic slurs on, on Xbox Live 10 years ago are in their 20s now and they've stepped up the game. <laughs> like, I mean, I think there's, that's, that's kind of part of it. There's a whole generation that has learned there's no consequences for saying terrible things on the internet. But why does that? Why do they still want to do it, though? Sure, there's no consequences; they can get away with it. But why do they want to? That's the heart of the matter. That's the root that I'm trying to get at. Is mm. why? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't understand why. I don't understand why bullies uh, punch people in a schoolyard either. Well, I, I do because it's a power thing. They're trying to be the alpha right. male. Well, there and you they're go. trying to rule the jungle. Well, there you go. But there, nothing ever comes of this. The bully punches you in the face. Your nose bleeds. You run away crying. You look like a jackass. When people harass people on the internet, 
they they don't they have no power. It's not giving them power. It's actually taking power away because the average yeah, person think... looks at them and they're like, "Dude, you're a piece of shit." But see, I don't think they see it that way. I think it's that. But poor... why? Because why it's... are their brains warped in this way of looking at things? Like I I just can't understand it. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's. What is it about our hobby that does this? I don't know. Probably because it's it's such an insular thing. It's a. It's, you know, a lot of us grew up as this is our sole refuge, uh, and the idea that, there, you know, there's, there's always been that sentiment of, like, uh, you know, as, as gaming became more and more mainstream and more and more popular, that idea that, like, you know, oh, the normals were intruding on our space. You saw, always saw people that were, like, you know, you're not a real gamer because you, you didn't... You play Call of Duty or whatever. You play Call of Duty or you didn't grow up being bullied and escaping into video game worlds. Like, I, you know, you see that a lot back... Especially earlier in the 2000s, I think, when, when it was really blowing up with the PlayStation 2. Um, you saw a lot of defensiveness over the idea that, like, you can't just, you know... The buy idea, your way You can't this. just buy your way into this hobby because we've been gamers our whole lives and da 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 you know, that kind of thing. Which I've never subscribed... You know, the more people... I always used to call gaming is like, this is the... You know, when people would be like, you're really into this weird game stuff back when I was, you know, younger in yeah, yeah, school. Yeah, we all went through it, yeah. And I'd be, I'd be like, well, this is the future of entertainment. Like, this, you know, in, in 20... In 10, 20 years... You know, your children are going to be weird if they don't play video games. And yeah. I was completely right yeah. on that. And I never got bullied hard for being a video yeah, a nerd either. or a gamer. I, I never yeah. really went through much of that. I, I got there were there were bullies, but they didn't pick on me for nerd or video game stuff. It was just because I was smaller than them. Or they're just you know? bullies. Yeah. Right. It was not. It was there was no rhyme or reason behind it. I, I never felt like my hobbies made me a target. I mean, well, I've one and I think a lot of that, I think a lot say... of people did feel that way, and. You know, some, maybe some of that is kind of like a reverse lash out in response to having grown up that way. Here's one thing I would say, though, where I was treated differently for things I enjoyed doing outside of school was <laughs> girls. As far as dating girls and kind of like the social classes in school of girls, certain girls wouldn't have, back when I skated, wouldn't have nothing to do with skaters. Nothing. Hmm. They wanted to date the football players, the soccer players, the basketball players. It was a stigma to be a skater, and also a stigma to, to be a hardcore gamer back then as well. And my guy friends didn't give a crap. Like, nobody bullied me because I skated or, well, other than the rednecks in our town who would drive by and throw bottles at us. But none of the people at school would belittle us because we skated. They thought we were crazy and, like, hardcore. <laughs> They're like, man, don't mess with those guys. Like, they beat themselves up every day skating harder than I've ever been beaten up. So... We had kind of that level of respect from, like, the guys that we went to school with. <laughs> but the girls were just, like, psh, dirty skaters. Like, that's pretty much was, like, the whole... And that's changed. Skating now is just as socially acceptable as mm. playing football. And in some cases, more socially acceptable because people are pulling back from football from concussions and right. stuff now. And so, now, like, you, you have to explain that skateboarding is not a crime bumper sticker oh, yeah. to people now. Like, well, I don't know about the... Skateboarding is not a crime stuff because it's still illegal to skate a lot of places. A little bit, but like, the, but that used to be kind of a like it was a, a mantra. It was a mantra in the sense that like, like being a we skateboarder isn't, doesn't make you a bad person, right? Because right. I mean, it was a reference to the fact that you'd get you know harassed by the cops or security yeah, yeah. or whatever. But For it was sure. also sort of a statement of like, hey, this is our way of life. It's not like you know, we're right. not terrible people because of it. I always, at least that's what I, I'm not a skater. No, you're exactly right. That's got exactly that what it was. That. Yeah, there was a lot of meaning to those bumper stickers back in the day. And shirts and everything mm -hmm. else that we wore that had that on it. Without a doubt, it was kind of like our rallying cry, mm -hmm. which, whatever. We were young teenagers yeah. and crazy and probably a little stupid. But bringing this back to gaming, though, I, I don't know how that all correlates into somebody attacking a female animator, whether she actually worked on the game or not. I still don't see how that all this translates, this social angst, 
translates into them going after an animator on a video game. Like, I just, I cannot connect those dots. And it frustrates the hell out of me because I'm one of those people who needs to connect dots, like, to feel calm. Like, I need to figure out why everything's happening and how one thing led to another and figure out the sequence of things. And I cannot solve this sequence. I just can't. Like, these people are unlike, I've never been that way. And the people that I grew up playing games with were never that way. I mean, we would argue amongst ourselves over Sega versus Nintendo, or is NHL 94 better on one platform? Or that type of stuff, sure. But we didn't go outside of our circle to attack people. Like, we, we kept it in-house, I guess is the best way to put it. And I just... Well, I think... Like, I don't, I don't think I'm the right person to ask about this. I think you should go ask your wife. Yeah? Ask a woman. What, ask a woman about... You know, show her the, the you know this what what they did what they did to this woman on Twitter and say, does this look familiar to you? Yeah, maybe that's a good idea actually. And I bet you, even though she's not a gamer, even though she doesn't deal with that, you know, segment of the population, I bet you she'll have some stories. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it goes back to because as men, we don't realize how much shit women put up with on a daily, hourly basis. No, you're right. I mean, look, my wife tells me about all the stuff right. that happens there when people whistle at her or someone at work makes an offhanded comment that, like, essentially is saying, like, you're lesser than me. Right. That she, type of stuff. But, like, I, get, I, you'll, I bet you just show that to her and she'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, she, there'll be no shock on her face at all. She'll be like, I mean, she might be like, oh, that's disgusting to say to someone, but she'll be like, yeah, it's, I, she, I, I have a hard time believing she'll find it particularly unusual. I don't know. I always thought of gamers and people who were really into games as evolved. Like, we were, we got something before everyone else got it. And I always knew gaming was going to be huge. I knew it was going to mm-hmm. continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. And all the social stigmas were eventually going to melt away, which a lot of them have. Mm-hmm. I always knew that was going to happen. But I was wrong. Like, as far as, like, us being the evolved species. Like, I feel like there's a segment of us that is like... Do you never go on Xbox Live? or? <laughs> I mean, like, look, going on Xbox Live and have someone bitch you out because you shot him in the face, like... I'm not like, even talking about that. I'm talking about like the early days. Not even like... You know, like three well, I mean, I used to do that segment for X-Play right. called It Came From Xbox, came from Xbox Live. Live. So obviously sure. I, I get it. There's toxic people online, but there's a difference between talking crap on Xbox Live over playing a video game and this... I don't know if these people would draw that distinction necessarily. Really? I mean, the for the lulls thing is a very powerful motivator for a lot of these folks. Uh, the idea that, like, oh, they don't mean it, and if you take it serious and get upset about it, like, I got you. Do you think these thing. people really laugh? I don't know. Because the, the picture in my mind of somebody typing something that hateful and laughing about it, it breaks my brain. I, I, I assume some of them probably do think it's funny. I hate being associated with these people. I hate it. I hate that when people think of gamers, they think of those people, and they're like, oh, Shane's a gamer. Mm. Like, I hate that. Because that's what people do. What I was saying earlier about connecting the dots, the cause and effect, and saying, Mm. hey, why is this that way and that way? They do that with us, by the way. People who don't play games but know that we're hardcore into it. That's what they're doing when we're not around and they're thinking about us. They're like, well, he plays games and... Look at these people who play games. They're a bunch of freaking cretins. Yeah, well, they think that about me. Or as Adam Sessler likes to call them, troglodytes. Yeah. (laughs) I think if they think that about me, they don't know me very well. Yeah. So. But a lot of people in your life don't know you that well. I think they know me well enough that I would not condone uh, graphically attacking a a woman who didn't even animate a game about a game. I mean, it's, it's... 
nonsensical. It really is. It doesn't... It doesn't... I... We're better than this, Matt, is what I'm getting at. We're better than this. Like... I think most, for most of the part, the people in the hobby are better than that. I mean, it's like, I feel like unless... But I every... really don't know if that's true, Matt. I think I'm may... really starting to wonder. You do wonder, but you go to somewhere like PAX, and it's like I, either a lot of these people are hiding it very well. Yeah. Or, you know, it's... Or they're the people who know already that they're good people, and... They're going to go be with other good people. And this yeah. is like the mecca for gamers where they know all the good gamers go. If you're one of these troglodytes, as Adam calls them, you're not going to go to PAX, dude. Probably not. No. You're like a fish out of water. You're like oil and water at PAX. You're going there where everyone's like vibing off of each other and having a good time. And you're just like dark cloud walking around the convention center. Like you're, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. You're probably so socially awkward in the first place that you would never think about going somewhere where there's like 80,000 people anyway. I just... And it just, it just seems like as time goes on, I feel like seeing responses to some of the stuff online, and even on Sifted, honestly, lately, some of the stuff that some of our members have been writing on the site, like, I don't know, man. Like, hmm. I'm really starting to wonder if the majority of people who are really hardcore into games are this way. Hmm. I don't know. Like all I all I can say is that like I try to avoid that element of it as best I can, and uh, speak out against it when I can, and you know stick to my own likes and dislikes on video games and my own friends who I don't think harbor those kinds of behaviors. Yeah, at least I hope not. And you know, get through it as best you can. You know, it's 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 an ugly world out there. It's supposed to be fun. It this is, is supposed a, to be fun. It's supposed to be fun, but at some point it can become your identity. And then it becomes a problem. I guess you're seems right. Like, yeah, because as much you know. So are you saying that like a lot, maybe a lot of the people who are doing this type of stuff are people who maybe don't do anything else other than just play video games. Maybe and they're kind of trapped in this world by themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that about the people that get in fights at football games as well. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna come to blows over which brightly colored group of uniforms is going to score more hoop shots and goal points than the other guy like yeah you might want to step out of the of the ring a well there's more. a big difference because people go there and they get hammered drunk and i mean mm. hammered drunk not like have a couple beers like they're doing beer bongs in the parking lot for <laughs> eight hours and then they walk in and they switch it to liquor yeah like, well I, I some of the people might be drunk tweeting could be but you got to realize there's a big difference between being one drunk person on the internet and being at a place where there are 60,000 people who are all wasted mm. and very passionate about what's happening right in front of them. I don't know that that, I can't, I don't think I can connect those dots in all honesty. Being someone who's been to tons of football, hockey games and seen lots of fights and seen how they start and how they happen and when they happen and then how they end where they shake hands and like hug each other, it's like bizarre. It is really odd behavior, don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, but I, I will say the last uh, sporting event I went to, uh, we were, my group was almost in a fight with another group, and it started because of horrendously misogynist things that were said about one of the, one of the people in our group. Yeah. It just, that's just, just what, it, so it started it, it as, and it became... A thing. It became a stare down that eventually got diffused when... Uh, it was a long, it was a long, ongoing thing. A lot like, of times when that stuff happens at a, at a sporting event, something happens in the game that takes everyone's attention away from. It was, it was actually, uh, it wasn't the game. It was because um, we were sitting in a particular place where, when uh, they would move the the giant jib cam right in front of us, uh, so we couldn't see anything. Right, and so people were started to stand up to look, and people would be like, "Sit down!" And so right, you sit right. down, you can't see anything, and that, and from there. 
it, it, it turned into hurling sexist epithets. Because <laughs> that's at, just a natural that, progression. Because that's where you go from there. The camera gets in the way. You, just you <laughs> can't see the game. You start insulting women. That's how it is. <laughs> We're going to close out this topic. But I just want to say we're better than this. And look, I realize there's people who watch our stream who are not subscribers to Sifted. There's people who just stumble across the stream or people who never go to the site and just watch the streams for free all the time. We're better than this. Uh, we should all aspire to be way better than this. And the only way that you stop stuff like this is calling it out. If, if you just sit there and say, oh, well, I don't want to be like whatever they call it, the social justice warrior or whatever it is or white knighting or whatever it is. It's just going to keep happening. Unless somebody stands up and tells somebody that this is wrong, they're never going to realize it's wrong and they're never going to change their behavior. So I feel like as a group, people like us need to stand together and stand for what's right and call people out when they do things that are wrong. Like I saw, and I didn't want to get into this today, but the whole JonTron thing. Like people defending him over the stuff that he said. It's like if you, if you defend him, he's not going to change his behavior. And look, if you believe the stuff that he said, then this conversation's irrelevant. But if you don't believe the stuff that he said, trying to make it okay or make excuses for the stuff that he said is just going to encourage him to do it again. It's not going to change his behavior. And so at a certain point, somebody has to stand up. And look, I'll be honest, I'm the guy who does stand up. Like if I'm at a party and something wrong's going on, I'm not the guy that walks out the back door and like goes to smoke a cigarette or whatever. Like I'm the guy mm -hmm. who goes, yo, that's wrong. And maybe that makes me different than everybody else, but I just feel like that's the right way to be, to stand up for people and to point out with someone, hey, that's messed up, dude. Because if you don't, they're just going to go through life with blinders on doing it over and over and over again. So we're better than this. This is, should not be what represents gaming. These are the stories that break big in national media mm. these are the stories that end up on cnn these are the stories that my mom stumbles across well, it's also partly because like positive things don't make the mainstream news yeah it's true it's like that's not that's doesn't get you the clicks it doesn't get you the eyeballs they it's definitely like, don't make the la news you can't, i yeah. can't even oh, watch yeah. our local news it's the most depressing thing in the world oh yeah like if, if, to, to watch our local news you'd think like it's you know you're living in blade runner it really something. is it's crazy like, but that it, is la though la yeah. has these areas that are just Damn. But not even that. But it's then the most a, of LA is like, it's not like you're in a big city. Well, yeah, but it's also like LA is gigantic. It's a, you know, the, the greater LA area is 13 million people. You can fill a newscast yeah. every night with horrible things that happen, no problem, because there's so many people. Somewhere out there, you can find five terrible things every day out of 13 million people. I see so. people in the chat saying people will have opinions, that's life. It is life. People are going to have opinions, but. It's this danger zone that you walk on when you say, when you call something an opinion. That kind of lets people off the hook and says, well, it's not right or wrong because of an opinion. And there are opinions that are wrong. There's, there, it's not like every opinion is right. There are certain opinions that are just flat out wrong. And I feel like when you stumble across these things in life, you need to call them out. You need to call the person out for it because otherwise they're never going to change. So let's move on. Matt, this, this has got to be one of the most confusing games <laughs> I've ever seen. I've watched gameplay of it, I've watched trailers for it, and I cannot figure out what the hell it is. It's a game called Everything. Reviews for this game have gone from a 2 to a 9. I have not touched it. Played, you, you've you been playing it. I played about an hour of it. Oh, just an hour. Last night. Was that enough? Well, I fell asleep. So. <laughs> what is up with this game? Um, it's certainly generating a lot of discussion. Yeah, well, it's it's... So it's basic, like you've, if you've seen the trailer with all the flipping bears and flipping lions and 
uh, Alan Watts, uh, mid 20th century uh, British philosopher, Zen person, like babbling on about how we are all the universe. Um, you're kind of there already because basically, like, <laughs> if you could imagine, like, what is going on right here? Oh, so why is the bear flipping? Because man? everything, nothing is animated in this game. Okay, like, all the, all the, the, like the, the insects kind of wiggle back and forth, but like the, the, the animals like this. <laughs> Like, this is how everything walks. Really? Yeah, everything kind of face plants. Someone gave this game a 9, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> um, Someone gave this game a 9. It's super weird. It's like if you took Katamari Damashi and turned it into an art project a little bit. Because here's the thing. Like, so what this trailer doesn't really... <laughs> 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 now, here's the thing. It, what... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, you, you can see how I, I'd like to know. I can't how, see anything, Matt. That's I'd what like, I'm saying I can't see. I'd anything like to know how many of the re, how much pot the reviewers have smoked <laughs> before they gave these or things whatever yeah. else they were on. Because um, that's probably a factor. <laughs> it might be. So, so what's happening here is basically you're. So now they've switched to controlling a, a plant. Or is that a peacock? Okay, peacocks, peacock. I think, so I yeah. think they're going to switch to, uh, they're going to descend. So you can... No, wait, 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 so, let's, so, let's back up. What is the objective of this game? I don't know. Is there one? Eh. <laughs> like, so basically what ha when you start, you are an elk. Okay. And you, you're an elk and you basically can go up to things and you'll see like... In the environment, uh, you'll see like little thought balloons will appear, and okay. you can walk up to whatever has the thought balloon, and you can press X and then share the thought. And the thought is usually a weird response to one thing or another, and it can be anything. Like I've talked to I've talked to rocks that are unsure of their place in the universe because they don't know if they serve a unique purpose as the kind of rock they are. Okay. Uh, I ran into a tree that missed. So some, I ran uh... into a tree that missed its sister. Um. So there's some subtle social commentary. In oh, this game. not so subtle. Not subtle. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then it starts to te and so like and then it teaches you like oh you can uh, you can run around and you can look at you know, by run around I mean face plant over and over again. Um, <laughs> and so like, and then it teaches you like oh you can uh, you can sing. You click R three and you can sing and that like um, it, you make a certain noise and 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 that's like related to your object. So the, the elk goes like what a, what noise do plants make? They rustle. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so you go over, so then it's like, okay, so you, okay, you can join with other things of your type. So you go over to some other elk, Rocky Mountain elk, and you, uh, you hit the square button and you can, they can join you. That's how you saw that giant herd of bears right. face planting down the hill. So wait, are other people playing online no. with you? It's just all no, it's AI. all AI. Okay. Um, okay, so you've got that, right? Vaguely. Um, so now <laughs> you can start changing what you're possessing. So you can possess anything in the game, any object. So you hold L2 or R2. Um, is it L2, R2, or R1, L2? It's one of the triggers, one of the... Th you hold it and you get that little uh, circle like that right there, that little circle thing, and then you put it over something else that has a circle on it and you switch to that thing. And then you can move around with it or, or, or sing with it uh, to, 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 like, you kind of, it's, I think it's called, like, you, you get in tune with it, and then it'll tell you, like, oh, now you're a oak leaf, or now you're a sharp pebble. Wait, you just lost me. Um, because you, <laughs> you switch to whatever it is. So right now that the, the, the player is controlling a tree. 
controlling a, a pine tr a, okay. a pine tree. See, so you can literally so, inhabit anything in this. Yes, place. and so what you just saw there was. Um, as you can you can jump to things that are bigger or smaller than you, and eventually, if you hit a certain size limit, either smaller or bigger, you'll get a little uh, arrow, a little triangle, and that's an ascend. If it's pointing up, if you ascend to a larger size, descend, or the pointing down, you descend to a smaller size, and then once you're down to that smaller size, so you just saw he ascends out from being continents to now he can control planets, <laughs> and from and then you you know you, he's singing when it when it shakes like that when it twitches that it's singing. The, the the planet is, is singing. Have you heard the noise that the planet makes? Yeah, it just kind of goes, warp, warp. and so then, <laughs> and so now he's switched to the sun, uh -huh. and so now he's he's he is the sun, and uh, okay. So I'm understanding the gameplay mechanic. Now he switched out to a galaxy. He's he's a, a galaxy. He's yeah. moving around. He'll be a galaxy, and if you go further beyond a galaxy, you get into like. You go beyond that into the smallest things again, and then you, you can possess. You can possess. So it's basically saying like the galaxy is kind a of. molecule. So basically, you go too small, you get out to the galaxy again. If you go too big, you go back to the molecular stuff again. So some, at a molecular length, you can possess. You can literally possess a Planck length, the, the smallest length of anything in reality. You can possess uh, mathematical concepts, uh, and then if you get what sound do they make? <laughs> you know, or sometimes uh, you chime. Know, sometimes like I should chimes. know the sound that an equation makes. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, and so and so on all these levels, you can still find those thought balloons and talk to various things, and they will have thoughts about what they are. They store all those thoughts in a log that you you get when you press the touchpad. Okay. And then on top of that, you can sometimes. So here we are at the Planck length. Here, this is the smallest version. This is like you're basically m particles now. Uh -huh. um, I believe these are particles of pollen. That, they're, that the the player is controlling here, um, and bacteria and stuff, and, uh -huh. then, and so then if you go high enough, you and, and the thing interesting thing is, it remembers all the stuff you do. So at one point I had my herd of elk running around, and I went smaller and smaller and smaller, and when I came back up, the herd of elk was still there. I was still in the exact same place. I was in the bacteria on the back of the elk, <laughs> and I came back out, and I was still where I was. Wow. Um, <laughs> So the scope of it is pretty impressive, but and so like so the, and here you see uh, he's gathering a group, and then you learn you learn eventually to dance, and you can you can gather you can switch your your gathering thing to be either stuff that is exactly like you or just things of the same type as you. You gather a whole bunch of them together here. You can dance, and as the bar fill the little circle fills up at the top of the screen, and you hit the X button, uh, you produce another another version of the thing you are. So that's how you would kind of repopulate. You can populate and reproduce. What the point of that is, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's what that looks like. So now they're singing to each other there. Uh, well, it's funny that their their fur coats like shudder when they sing, but they couldn't work on a walking animation. Now he's getting. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, here, what happened? So. They just all turned real small and rolled away. No, he got real big. Oh, he got big. Oh yeah, because yeah, the buildings are. So that must be an ability I don't have yet. And then periodically you'll see little like rainbow colored things. If it's if it's like a, a, a polyhedron, it teaches you a new ability. If it's just a circle, like a like a targeting, it looks like kind of like a like a bullseye. If you do that, you tuck that, it gives you a little audio snippet of Alan Watts delivering a lecture on whatever. Okay. And he talks about um, form and and reality and all. Alan Watts is a mid twentieth century British philosopher yeah. slash Zen right. bodhisattva who um, he actually narrates the launch yeah he narrates the this. launch trailer. Basically, he he was he was a he was big in the sixties and early seventies and and 
you know, contributed a lot to the pop culture understanding of what Zen means. Which I don't um, even know what that means. And the, you know, kind of, if you read, <laughs> if you read some, you know, like stuff like the, the Tao of motorcycle, you know, Zen and the art of motorcycle repair is a direct descendant of kind of his sort of pop, pop psychology philosophy. He was, he was very much about merging Western philosophy with like kind of the Zen Buddhist ideas. And there are people who say that he was completely misunderstanding one or both by doing that. Uh, and there are people who say it was a genius that mer melded these two things. The truth probably lies somewhere in between. He comes off something that somewhat as a loon in this game, like, but it does fit the thematic elements of well, what he's trying to say. Well, it's appropriate for this, I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was actually what put me to sleep because the man has a very soothing voice. Let's, yeah. let's, let's admit it. So let's get back though. What is the objective? Is it just to have a time waster? Is that all I, it is? I mean, it's, it's like a, it seems to be like a toy. I it's mean, more like an app than a game. Kind right? of. It's a... Uh, I mean, it's it's partly just fine. You know, there's it keeps track of all the things you are. There's a percentage uh, for each type of cre of creature or object you can be. So there is sort of the goal of like collect collect technically or be be all that you can be. It there is, you go. That should be the tagline for the game. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the army of everything. Um, and you can see here, there's like you know, there's there's man-made objects and stuff. Space too. shuttle. Space, sh space shuttle there. Um, I'm certainly not far enough to have seen that, but yeah. like, so. Do you yeah. think you're gonna get far enough to see that? I mean, I'll probably play it some more, but like, I don't really. And here you've just got this crazy stuff where you can put Bears anything together, where anything is, and like, I know one of the reviews talked about how like he built a whole, he built like a motorcycle gang out of a bunch of trees and a banana that missed its mother, and like. <laughs> uh, and like, you can also sometimes you get a, you can get the the option to to. To find out what the thing you're possessing is thinking, but what it's thinking is a mishmash of all the other thoughts you've collected already from other objects, okay. and usually it doesn't make any sense, which I think is kind of the point. Yeah. So, like, I don't really... <laughs> yeah, that's all I can really say about so this So I don't game. really... Know, like, when people are saying, like, oh my god, this is amazing, and I cried, and I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. People said they cried playing oh. this. Oh, yeah. I was in people like a couple of reviews I read were like, oh, I was, I was in tears by the end of it. I'm just like, wow. oh, okay, dude. Like, <laughs> the world certainly is full of things. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, what we learned that from Katamari Damashi. You have a pretty like, good life if that's what's making you cry. Just saying. I mean, emotionally, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get the emotional connection on this thing, but I think it's kind of neat. Yeah. Well, like, what were the comparisons to Katamari Damashi? Just that, like, there's so many. It's just a a world just full of things. Weird. Okay. You know. Like, from one ridiculous small level to the, you know, like in Katamari, where you can start by rolling up, like, insects, and right. like, and by the end, you're rolling up galaxies, you know? Right. Um, and it's... And <laughs> <laughs> it never stops being funny. And it's, you know, and it doesn't have that kind of level of, like, gameplay, really. But, like, there's something weirdly compelling about the fact that you can be anything and possess things, and you can roll around as a giant boulder, and... And talk to fish and. But no, like, Katamari Damashi actually had gameplay and a oh, goal yeah. and things. I mean, there's, there seems to be kind of a goal in this, in the sense that you want to talk to as many objects things. as possible. But like, it, it hasn't presented and, and learned all the moves because clearly I don't have all the moves yet. I can't j become giant, a giant lion or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and it's fun to like wander around as a galaxy and bump into things and gather more galaxies and fly around and stuff. And it's it's. It's interesting. I don't know if it's fun. How much <laughs> like, is this game? Fifteen. Fifteen bucks. Seems a little steep. It is a little steep. Yeah. Like I think uh, ten bucks would have been better. Yeah. Would you recommend this to anybody for fifteen dollars? Um, <laughs> if, 
if you're listening, I am to this going and walk, to record that. If you're listening to this, and give and, it to Sam we'll, to put on the TriCaster so he can just play it randomly. If you're listening to this and you're watching <laughs> this footage and you're kind of like, what? Like if you're like if you if you're interested by this, probably give it a shot. Yeah. Like, you know. I think it should be ten bucks and not fifteen bucks. It's just that extra five bucks. I'm like, I don't know if I'm getting the presentational value out of the fifteen. Right? I just feel like there's too many good indie games for fifteen dollars. Like legitimately good I will indie say games this. that aren't weird experiments. I will say and... this: you don't have anything like this game yeah. in your library. I like, also it's... feel like you could probably get just as much out of it by watching somebody else play it. Like this I is don't one of those agree games where watching a let's play. I don't agree with that. Really? At all. Like part of the part of the engagement of it for me is being able to pick what I'm what I become next and seeing a thing and being like, oh I wonder if I can be that. Oh I can but be that. But isn't it just as it interesting think? to watch somebody else make that decision? Not to me. Really? Because I want to make the decisions. I guess, yeah. I want to decide to be the ladybug and not the beetle. Probably a good streaming game if you let people make the decisions for you then. Maybe, yeah. I mean, sure. So what you're I don't saying care is, about that. It, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is wait till it drops to 10 bucks before you even think about it? Like, I guess, it, you know, if, if, you're, if you're like a big fiend for these weird experimental, like, art project games, like, you're not going to find much more ambitious than this thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the sheer number of, I mean, there's hundreds of things to be in this game. The downside is that, you know, once you've been one tree, you've kind of been them all. <laughs> Which is true of so life, fun. true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. When you think about it. <laughs> At least the trees in this game can walk. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So there, I mean, there, there, yeah. There's a little like, okay, well, I've I've gathered up this entire forest of pine trees, and now we're run, we're we're marching to the sea. So look look out, Macbeth. I don't know, like I don't know what, like that's all. Like it's 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 like it certainly lets you do things you've never done, done before. before. And have probably never wanted to do before. Yeah. But maybe you did and you never knew you it. Go, there you go. Um, <laughs> Perfect way to cap, cap it off. But if you, if you hit, certainly if you're, if you're into that kind of thing, it's probably worth playing just because there's nothing else like it right now. If it's just sort of, like, if you're sort of mildly curious about it, I'd say wait for like a sale and like, or look, this thing's probably going to be a PlayStation Plus game at some point. Yeah, you're right. Like, it seems like a no-brainer. I also think that it's, it's one of those ideal humble bundle candidates. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh, I got 16 games for 20 bucks. Toss it in there. I'll give it a yeah, go I for a that, while. I bet that's true as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and, you know, maybe we'll, you know, because of something like that, I'll probably end up with a couple extra keys for it when we do our end of the year stream for whoever loses the uh, the, the game draft, which is probably you. Yeah, it sure um, looks that way. We'll, uh, we'll give out some everything codes or something, maybe. But, like, uh, like, I'm not sorry I bought it, but I can in good conscience say, like, yeah, throw $15 at that. Like, right. ba- you know, face planting bears left and right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, well, look, there is some comedic value to it. Oh, it's, it's entertaining. We laughed at, we laughed at it the it's whole time. It's entertaining and weird in, in, a, in, a, in a unique way. Um, and there is a, a level of, I wouldn't not necessarily profundity, but just, like, I'm impressed by how far the guys, the, I think it's two guys who made this. I think, I'm impressed at how far they went. In terms of like, yeah, you can go down to the subatomic level, you can jump it up to the cosmic level, and anywhere in between. Um, it's kind of fun running around as a ladybug, um, and you know, if, and this, it's like, yeah, you're just rolling around as a as a deer or whatever, a gazelle or whatever. <laughs> but if you wanted to possess those mesas, you could. Is that fun possessing Kinda. a mesa? It's different. <laughs> and then you can make the mesa dance. Oh man. <laughs> and and hang out with the other maces. And if you can dance with the other maces, you can make baby maces. Uh, 
Will Wrighton wishes he made this game. I, I honestly think this game is more fun to just watch than play. It like. might be. But, uh, I, but I, I don't regret it. It's, maybe it's because I've played so many um, kind of focused and open world and sort of like, you know, every, everything... Well, the open world game, you know, Zelda and Horizon and all in Mass Effect, like, they don't have laser focus. You're pretty free to do whatever you want. But this game, you're really free to do whatever you want as long as whatever you want is to be a thing and roll around. There you go. Um, and when you think <laughs> about it, isn't that all video games? Being a thing and rolling around. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There you have it, though. We try to bring you guys games on Game Face that maybe were off your radar and are a little different. Because let's be honest, a lot of games today are very, very similar. A lot of times they have a different story, different coat of paint, and they try to sell it as a completely different game. One thing you cannot deny about everything is that it is unlike anything else. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's certain people out there that like games like this. Want to make sure that we're putting that stuff on your radar. So. I feel like you're going to see, like, at the end of the year, when everybody's making their game of the year things and the game of the year. You think it's going to get nods? Got, oh, for, this game and Zelda are the two you're not going to be able to get away from at the yeah. end of the year. Well, Zelda, obviously. Yeah. Everyone gave it a perfect 10. But if you don't give it to Zelda, people are going to latch onto this thing, I think. This is going to be like the hipster cred you think? thing to give, like, a Is big this Polygon's game? Yeah. game of the year? Oh, I think so. <laughs> I gave it a nine, dude. Like, it's. Like, it's Wait, I'm, Polygon gave it a Polygon nine. Polygon gave this uh, a nine. <laughs> Well, there you go. It I is there. That, that might have been the review where the guy said he cried at the end of it. I don't remember which one that was, but I'm, I was like, I'll, I'll, that was one of the other reasons I actually bought it because I'm just like, okay, I don't know how the face planting bear is gonna. I mean, I, I'm like, if I don't know how, I'm just basically sitting there thinking like, I don't know how you're gonna get to some anything that could provoke an emotional response behind beyond laughter. Tumbling bears. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love that every time. Sam has got that perfect spot queued up where they all come together and then they roll back away Boing, from each yeah. other. It's like a celebration <laughs> of bears. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got to move on. We can't talk too much longer about this. As much as I can sit and watch that loop over and over again, that'd be a great animated gift, by the way. Get to work on that. All right. Let's move along. We're going to talk next about For Honor. And its DLC plan, uh, but not just about its DLC plan, but I really want this topic to be more about what we expect from completing video games. Mm. So the basis of the story is someone figured out last week that in order to obtain all the downloadable content, including all the emotes and everything that comes along with it, it would take 700 hours or $700 Mm -hmm. And two and a half years of hard gameplay. To unlock it for not paying any money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. Right. So people <laughs> yeah. So people freaked out. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? This is insane. And then on a live stream, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, the Ubisoft addressed it and said, Look, we when we created this DLC, we didn't expect people to unlock it all or get it all. We expected people to gravitate to a few characters that they got really good with, and then, sure, max out those mm. characters and get all the stuff for them. But we didn't expect people to get want to get every emote and every little scrap of DLC for every single character in the game. Matt, how do you feel about this? Well, I mean, I, I agree with Ubisoft in the sense that, like, it would never occur to me to want to unlock everything in this game because I picked But there are people out there that do. I mean, yeah, lots well, that, of people that yeah, do Yeah, well, stuff. that's their problem. But, like... <laughs> 
It's, it's like Overwatch. Like, does anyone want to unlock literally everything in Overwatch? Like, and expect that to happen overnight? Like, you know, this, if you want to unlock everything in this damn game, like, you're going to have to really commit to it. Um, I would never try to do that. And the other thing, first... <coughs> sorry. I don't fully believe what Ubisoft said, though. Because there's a... You know, I know they're kind of... Oh, it's just trying to... Da, da, da. Look. The emo- one of the new emotes is 7,000 steel. And they sell steel in packs of 5,000. Right. You know what you're doing. Yeah. 7,000 steel for anything is ridiculous. It's insane. An emote. Like, like for something... That, no, and it's like, oh, you want an emote or you want a special kill? It's like, no one gives a shit in the game I don't even, when you're playing I don't even that. care about emotes. I don't. I no. never use emotes in anything. Well, people like unless em- they're tied into a gameplay. People mechanic. like emotes in this game because there are certain emotes that let you be really obnoxious. Right, um, because there's a, there's a most you can just constantly restart over, and it makes people look like they're doing like you know kind of the Arsenio Hall whoop, whoop, whoop thing and stuff like that. Right, like people like to do that, but like I've never seen anyone like I've never seen anyone show up with one of the new emotes that cost seven thousand steel and be like, oh my god, that guy has the new emote. I'm so jealous. I don't care. Like, I don't no use emotes in anything. Like if I win a match in For Honor, my character just stands there. Like I don't like spam like the D pad. Like I don't never like League See, of I, Legends actually uses emotes and taunts as like a part of a gameplay mechanic. So sometimes I'll use certain characters if you use your emote or your taunt at a specific time, it will alter something in the gameplay. But if the game doesn't have a gameplay tie into the emotes, I don't even care. Well, see, people do use the emotes in For Honor to communicate to some. Right, some right. Of I guess some of them, yeah. And that's kind if of they a, don't have a headset. Like or when whatever. you or like when you go straight against some, you know, one on one against somebody in a multiplayer mode. Um, a lot of times when you first lock on each other, it's kind of expected that you each do kind of an emote to sort of like. Duh. And a couple times we've been, I've you know started against a guy on like a bridge or whatever, and the bridge is sort of. You know, the bridges or whatever that are kind of, like, notorious for being where people can knock each other off. And a lot of people don't like that. So you'll see, like, sometimes somebody will be, like, will do that and, and kind of do the point thing the other way. Which is supposed to be, Saying, let's like, hey, let's move away from the bridge. And, I'll, like, and you, like, bow and go over and everybody, kind of, okay, you ready? Let's go. And so there is a lot of communication with those emotes. But the funny thing is, if you if you were to buy and switch to an emote that is unusual, nobody would know what you meant. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good point. Like, what does that mean? Nobody uses that. Nobody wants to pay 7,000 steel for it. You know, like, yeah. come on. You're talking another language now, and that's maybe realistic, but not very fun. Do you think that you should have a realistic expectation, though, that you should be able to access all the content in a video game in a reasonable amount of time just through playing the game? If you pay, that's really the question that we're asking. I think asking if you here. paid sixty bucks for it, yeah, right. And that's not what's happening here. No. Like two and a half years of hard play, like playing all day every day well, to unlock everything. For an example, seven so seven hundred hours. That's how much time I played. No, seven hundred dollars. You, you have to pay seven hundred dollars. Well, it says 700 hours. Yeah. I, I messed it up. It's $700 if you mm-hmm. paid for it all in real money. I think and that's pretty close to how many hours it would take, too. Like, if you're talking about a couple hours a night for two and a half years. Um, but, like, you know, that's a lot. Like, seven. That, that's about how much time I've spent playing Mass Effect total. All the Mass Effects in multiple playthroughs. And I can't see myself playing For Honor that much. Um it seems the main thing about it's not ours though. It's seven hundred dollars. But I saw that that like estimate, and it's like pretty. It's pretty close to the same thing. It's it's because it, I remember looking at that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to play that game that much. Not just in the two and a half years, but it was they were calculating off a certain number of hours per day. Got you. Um, and it's like, like I guess it's the, like the the assumption is there is to keep you playing or keep you in, invested, but like it's all cosmetic shit for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. Well, it doesn't ca- really give you an advantage in the game. I don't care about any of that. And the other, the other thing that I really find annoying in terms of the length of time it takes to unlock the stuff in For Honor specifically, 
is I think the outfits in that game are really boring. I don't think, you know, if, if I saw someone in like a legendary, you know, there's like four... They all four, look the same! Yeah, if you saw someone in like a four, there's four legendary outfits you can spend a ton of time unlocking. And if I saw someone in it, in the game, I would never know. Because they all look... It's not like an Overwatch or some game, or you know, a game that uses skins that like really change the character, or League of Legends, where you can see these characters clearly have a different visual look. It's just like, oh, like the, the thing on the helmet is an eagle now. It's, right. just, it's, like, yeah. it's not... And like, if they want to make this all about that kind of grind and about that amount of length of time to earn these things, they should make what you get real noticeable and flashy and cool. Like, you know, and and mean, meanwhile, like the, the most like, compelling thing to, open, to unlock for me when I was playing the game originally was like, oh, I have to get to a certain level until I can open the color scheme I want to right. use. You know, and yeah. like, that's not really a particularly enticing carrot on that stick. Nope. I don't know where I fall on this, to be honest with you. Um... I mean, they can do what they want, but it's like, I, you're not, it's like, no, very few people are going to play the game that long, and you've already, they've already paid 60 bucks for it, so why don't you throw these people a bone? I think maybe that's where I draw the line, is whatever, I, whatever comes on the disc, or with that initial purchase, yes, I should be able to attain all that content in a reasonable amount of time. And by reasonable, I mean playing the game hardcore for like a month. I should be able to get to most of the content by then. Stuff that comes later is DLC. That's where it starts to get a little bit of a gray. Well, this isn't, isn't this talking about, like, it's not talking about DLC. It's talking about uh, just the characters that come with the game and unlocking all their outfits and emotes and all that stuff. And they're adding more now, so it's going to take even longer. Right. But, like... Right, yeah. and they're all falling on the wrong side of this is what I'm right. saying. Yeah. And, like, you know, the amount... You, you can see they're trying to manipulate how much steel you can buy in the packs because... They're pricing these things out of the range. Well, of yeah, they put it two thousand over, so you yeah. have to because you yet you can't just buy the two thousand steel. Right. You have to buy the extra five thousand packs, so you end up with ten thousand to buy something for seven thousand. Right, and uh, it's crazy how much money. Think about this, Matt. Well, how on much top money of that, they're getting for ones and zeros. Yeah, well, on top of that, they also want you to. This is the code. Well, Star Citizen taught them well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they also are doing the thing where, like, if you want to really progress effectively. You probably need to get that, you know, that thing where you buy for thirty days the VIP status or whatever that boosts the XP and all that stuff. So like, and that, you know, even if you bought like the hundred dollar version of the game, that runs out after a certain number of days. You have to keep buying it over and over again. It's like it's it's mobile game pricing strategy from a game you already paid sixty bucks for or more if you bought one of the deluxe versions. Right. And uh, the other thing, I, the other thing that came out this week is that the online community for this game has just fallen through the floor. Yeah. And you got to wonder if maybe that's part of it. You know, that's one thing I will say. You know, I talked earlier well, you don't about unlock the big segment of gamers that I don't like. One thing I do like about sort of the greater the greater group of gamers and us as a whole is that there are times where we do stand together and we do say, "Hey, that's not right," and we and you can get changes made for with video game publishers if enough people stand up and say, "Hey, this is wrong. What you're doing is wrong." Publishers are pretty open to like changing their policies. Because they don't want what happened, what to happen, what happened with this game, where everybody just bails on it. Because you know this mm-hmm. game is built to become an esport and to last for two years until Four Honor Two comes out. It's like a, it's a Destiny financial model essentially, where they want you constantly buying new junk. In all honesty, mm-hmm. to keep the revenue coming in from the game, they give you the trickle of content for free in a lot of cases with these models. And then they charge you for the cosmetics, and they know once they got you hooked, you're going to keep buying them. And uh, 
It doesn't seem like, I mean, Ubisoft has kind of dug in his heels on this. I mean, in their live stream yesterday, they addressed it. And they said, you know, we just didn't think people would want everything. And it's like, what? Really? Like, Well, one of the, I wouldn't have thought people would want everything because everything's pretty boring. Right. Like, yeah. Like I could see it if you really, if the legendary stuff was really crazy and, and amazing, you know, if you if like the samurai those giant flags coming out there, you know, if they basically you know maybe go a little more dynasty warriorsy with some of this stuff, you know, give it some flash, but yeah. like it's not. This you, game was doomed from the beginning because of its setting. It's set in this medieval like archaic um, times, like other world where everybody got zapped to some other planet or something. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, the yeah. the setup has limited them in what they can do with cosmetics, essentially. Mm. But I don't think, I don't think it matters. Like, I think it's just going to be a matter, it's going to be a matter of, like, the community sort of forcing Ubisoft to sort of admit this, like, you're already in, like, crazy weird terrain with this game. Like, you, you're already making it up. It's, you know, these guys didn't fight each other, and if they did, you know, it probably wouldn't be an equal contest, let's put it that way. Um, a slashing katana is not going to do well against plate armor. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, and the Vikings are probably, you know, going to be very scary, but maybe wouldn't do too well against... You realize the, the you're talking force. about realism regarding a game that's <laughs> completely out of its mind. But they're trying <laughs> to present it in a realistic manner and, and yeah, with no, all these believable, believable yeah. combat techniques and shit. But it's like at a certain point, like if you want to make it fun... Like go, you gotta go, go a little nuts. Yeah. You gotta let them have, like, you know, give let the samurai use lightsabers or let the, you know, yeah. like if you want people to pay attention and come back and give it another try. Are let, people really gonna say that's unrealistic after playing this game? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. Who cares? I really don't. Like there are people that will though. Some, but it's like it's not. I I feel like you need something to work towards, and even if you make it like you know, moderately historically accurate. Uh, you know, you got to give the costume, at the very least, something that somebody played, like, two weeks to get. Like, you got to make it a little flashier. you got to make it something that somebody's going to notice when I you're playing against them. I think what's crazy is that we've been dealing with DLC. How long now has it been? Oh, the what, the horse armor was uh, 2005, 2006? Yeah. 2005. Yeah. So Oblivion. we've been dealing with it for over a decade. And still... Still, stuff like this comes up, Matt. Yeah. Well, I think, still! Well, like, I think, these developers and publishers still have not learned the sweet spot of where they can push it well, I think because without the, going over the, the line. The landscape keeps changing, and this is clearly Ubisoft trying to take kind of the free-to-play model and shoehorn it into a multiplayer game that people pay full price for. Yeah. And that is never going to, or, to work. Yeah. You know, but Ubisoft should have learned this right. lesson. But also, like... They should have sold it for 30 bucks. They should so. have, but, like, at the same time... You know, Ubisoft is not a particularly pro-consumer company in some ways, particularly DLC ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I think the landscape on that is also changing in terms of, you know, something like Overwatch, where, you know, yeah, you're, you're playing the loot crate game more than you're unlocking, and you're not unlocking anything. You're unlocking things very slowly. You can buy, you know, loot crates with, you know, in-game money if you want. You're mostly you're getting the loot crates from leveling up over and over again, um, or buying them in the special events. But, like... The cosmetic items in Overwatch really change what the characters look like. Like, if you see someone using, like, a special skin, you know it. If you, in, in League of Legends, yeah, yeah. if you see someone oh, yeah. playing someone using a special skin, you know it the instant oh, yeah, you see it. yeah, because it completely changed everything. Yeah, and that is simply not happening. Like, their attacks. like, if you threw a fireball, you buy a new skin, now right. it throws, like, a disco ball. Right, like, a total it, conversion the kind completely, of thing. Yeah, and that's, that's when it's done right. Right, and, like, that's the thing, that's the... The thing for honor seems to be afraid to do or not willing to do. Yeah, because again, they've kind of backed themselves into this corner where it, 
to them, it probably doesn't make sense. And if right. you think about the guy who repped this game leading up to its release, could you really see that guy like saying, "Okay, yeah, let's do that"? No, <laughs> but I, but I, well, I mean, at a certain point, as awesome as he was, I love that guy. At but, a certain point, you got to just be like, "Hey, it's not working. We need to make money. We, yeah, we got to do something to get people's attention. Got to pivot, essentially. Yeah, and will they? I don't know. They'd be smart. I mean, they might. And again, you're already kind of making this game as a the the setting is is not tremendously mainstream appeal and the gameplay i feel like a lot of people are going to bounce right off it because it's it's hard you know especially when you go online and everybody knows what they're doing you know after the first few days like i've had i had some fights on that that were freaking amazing you know they went on and and it was like i don't know how to you know just constantly trying to outthink this guy or girl whoever i was playing against and like you know, and and it was, and it's a, it's a good feeling. You know, for me, it's a good feeling. Like you'd finish, uh, you'd finish a match uh, against people, and like then like they, you'd run out to find each other again. Especially the one on one or two v two stuff, they run back to find each other again. And like after I'd beat a guy, they, the guy would like bow at me, and he's, and he's like, "Good work, oh, good it's game." Intense, yeah. it, it was there was like good sportsmanship even happening in this game because it, you had to get in each other's heads so much. But I can well, maybe it's because the name of the game is For Honor, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I can see that being something that not necessarily everybody is going to take to immediately because there is a learning curve on it. Yeah. And learning curves, you know, tend to be uh, an impediment. So well, some people else. like them, some people don't. Right. And I really liked what this game was trying to do. I admit I didn't last too long on it, in part because it felt like a giant grind. Yeah. And and I was having fun in a match-to-match basis, but at the end of every match, I would just sit there and be like, God, I'm never going to get there. You yeah. know? And when I do that's get there... That's why people are so right. pissed off about this. And when I do get there, I'm not going to care. Yeah. Because it's like... This, what's the prize? Because I'm happy. I'm fine if... The, you get if, something that no one else is going to notice. Right. Yeah. I'm fine if I, you know, I only can max out maybe one or two characters because I'm only playing one or two characters, but like... When I get that ultimate armor set for him, no one's going to notice because it looks just like his normal armor set. I mean, one thing I will say in Ubisoft's defense is that you actually can earn everything by playing the game. Yeah. No matter how much you play League of Legends, you're never going to get a skin for your character. Right. You always have to pay cash for it, period. It doesn't matter how many points you accrue, how many matches you've played, won or lost. Yeah, but League of Legends is free. So. It is free from the beginning. But, you, you know, if you get hooked on it, you'll oh, literally yeah. get thousands of hours out of it oh, free. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so that is one thing I will say is the caveat to this discussion is that at least you can earn everything through playing mm-hmm. the game because it's not the case in everything, so. Right. Or like Marvel Heroes, you can earn everything in, and Marvel Heroes is also free. Yeah. But you can, you can unlock everything if you play long enough. Wow. It's, that's always a dicey equation to get right, man. It's yeah. really hard. That's the secret sauce of, of free-to-play games, really. Yep. And once you have that algorithm, hold on to it. Yeah, I don't think For Honor is, has found it or probably will find it. Uh, By the time it's sent out the pasture. Yeah. Which may be sooner rather than later and sooner than Ubisoft thought based upon the well, player I think, counts. Well, I mean, I'll, I'm curious if people will come back to it or if like there will be a little resurgence when the price drops or something later in the summer. Because, look, uh, even as someone who enjoyed For Honor very much, uh, it was not going uh, to hold my attention as soon as Horizon and Zelda came out. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's up against some 800-pound gorillas here, uh, and I was not going to go back to it anytime soon. And even now, you, know, you transition to Nier and then to Mass Effect, and then we got Persona coming up. So it's like, when is go- when am I going to play For Honor again? I don't know, June. I'm completely. Like, I am. I'll be perfectly honest. With you, I am completely overwhelmed right now with games. I just. I'm. We're going to crazy talk, quarter. It's just nuts, dude. And it's not just that there's so many games or there's so many good games. They're all huge. 
Like, I have just burned. Like, I burned a whole work week playing Zelda. I've now burned a whole other work week playing Mass Effect. I've got Horizon sitting yeah, so on my hard drive. Horizon. I haven't even really started yet. I just got a review code for Persona 5. Like, it is... It's overwhelming. I feel completely overwhelmed right now. There's just too many games coming out. It's like you impossible. have Persona Five and you're here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I just got it yesterday. Finally, everyone else we got it late for whatever reason. Everyone else has had it for like a week or whatever. So, but anyway, let's move on. Next, we're going to talk about another rumor that popped up this week. It actually, wasn't a rumor. Game Freak, the development studio behind the Pokemon games, put out an ad looking for a developer who will work on a console video game based upon a worldwide franchise. <laughs> now, what, what franchise could that be, Matt? Oh, you know. That Game Freak makes. Finally, Pikmin returns. Pocket card. In RPG form. Pocket card jockey for console. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Game Freak just simply doesn't make anything really other than Pokemon. Right. Um, well, they are owned by the Pokemon company. Right, yeah. So, so basically, there's a, a Switch <clears throat> Pokemon coming, is, is what's happening. Some Good. people, well, here's, you know, a lot of people were saying, because there were rumors swirling for the Switch launch, a lot of people thought we were going to see that game when they unveiled the Switch for the first time. Didn't happen. A lot of people thought at the very least it would be year one of Switch. Both of those not happening. Mm. Unless there's a surprise at E3. We don't know. But if they're just staffing up for the game now... Well, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, that doesn't preclude the Pokemon Stars Oh, right. Thing. You mean, mm. like, the portable Pokemon just being... Yeah, like, like Sun and Moon getting, like, a Platinum right. or, or Diamond equivalent that is Stars. No, I'm talking about, like... You're talking about a, legit... But what this would be... They're staffing up for an actual console, console Pokemon, Pokemon game. game. Right. And have we... Is this the last one, Gale of Darkness for the GameCube? Maybe? I honestly don't pay attention to the That's what you're seeing stuff. right now, by the way. It's a Pokemon Gale of Darkness, or XD Gale of Darkness for GameCube. I cannot remember a full console game other than, like, the stadium stuff, which doesn't really count. Yeah, I don't mean Pokken Tournament. Like, that's, that's a fighting, that's a fighting game. game. It's, didn't... it's I mean, also never... crazy to watch this, like, cinema. <laughs> it's mm. so bad. Like... Things have come a long freaking way. So, anyway. although some, I mean, I still think Rogue Leader looks pretty damn good. It does, yeah. Depends on the game. GameCube oh, yeah. was a was a, a worthy piece of hardware. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they obviously weren't. And th this is what we want to talk about. Is this is what this is the type of crap we got from Pokemon console games mm -hmm. so far? I mean, just like bottom of the barrel, Nintendo's like D list team. Working on the game. And consequently, they, they sold okay. I think Gale of Darkness sold a couple million, which is good for GameCube, because it only had like a 20 million install base or whatever. But, what do you want to see in Switch Pokemon, Matt? Um, all the Pokemon. All of them? Yeah. Make it a Like real... all 800 or whatever. Yeah, make it the real next Pokemon game. Oh, you mean make it, like, the canon the next Pokemon yeah. game? Really? Like, don't do some spin-off bullshit. Like, this would be the next, po you know, the next Pokemon game after Sun and Moon. And I, I think that's a great idea. Like, I, go for it. I love that. But I just wonder, though, if all the Pokemon is a good idea. I don't see how you don't keep building on it. You have, I mean, I don't care about anything beyond Generation 2, basically. I barely even like, care about Gen 2. I really only care about Gen 1. Well, I'm only saying Gen 2 because there are some Gen 2 Pokemon I like. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, there are some that I do like. But, like, 
there's some from each one. I but if it's like those two are the ones that I'm most familiar with, and I you know because I'm old. And um, I think most people, even people who just started playing Pokemon, I think they still like the Gen One Pokemon the most. Maybe. I mean, there's there's arguments. Because argument, they just ran there's out arguments ideas. about. Well, there's arguments about that that go back and forth in the Pokemon fan community for days. Um, and as someone will always bring up the, the Pokemon that's literally just a trash bag, yeah. and the, <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, think it just the just nature's way. Eventually, they ran out of interesting ideas. You can only create so many creatures where they before they just start looking like Frankenstein's. Yeah. Like, well, eventually they started to look like you know like Power Rangers villains. And stuff. Right. I mean, it, was, it was a lot. It was like a Sentai period they went through. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but no, I think uh, you know they could just be more be focused legit- if it only had like. No, because I don't think you can do that. Especially if you I think you have to, you also have to find a way to to, to kind of create continuity with. Um, that's why I think the Pokemon Star thing will will happen because they will figure out a way to transfer your your data through the Pokemon whatever the Pokemon Storage Center or whatever the thing you like subscribe to for yeah. a year or whatever. They'll use that to kind of help you help you bring your stuff over to the new because you're gonna have to make a jump from the 3ds to the Switch. And I think uh, you'll... You know, Remember, the 3DS did have the ability to communicate with the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they But can you still had to use that, like, pokey locker thing or whatever it was Right, called. I think that's what they'll use to do. It'll just be like a universal storage system in that regard. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think Nintendo will ever let what happened with uh, Gen 2 to Gen 3 happening. Or, like, basically, they, they, there's a, there was that dead end, basically, yeah. where they could not figure out a way to get the, the... They couldn't get the old Game Boy to talk to the GBA, right. basically. Yeah. Um, and so, if you, you know, your Gen two stuff basically couldn't it's called transfer. Pokebank, by Pokebank, the way, Pokebank, the right. one Geo. Thank you. Um, so I think that will be their solution to that. Um, but I feel like they're going to test bed that with Pokemon Stars. But once you have that in place, there's no reason not to make the Switch game the next Pokemon game. Do you think um, they will? Probably not. They've never done that. But I well, but I think they should. I think, oh, I, I agree. I mean, the fact if if they had not kind of done, they seem to be kind of backpedaling on committing fully their entire development schedule to the Switch, right? Because they seem to be still holding the 3DS. Well, they're watching all that Sun and Moon right. roll in, but they're th- oh, they're holding the 3DS <laughs> in their back pocket because if they need to fall back on something with a decent install base, that's their plan. They can make money off. Um, it, yeah. If they had not done that, if they'd gone for broke the way they seemed to ind- originally be indicating, I would totally believe that the next Pokemon on the Switch was going to be the next full installment of Pokemon. I don't think I believe that anymore because I feel like they're keeping the 3DS back there as, in, as insurance, basically. Yeah. Um, net. At, at the most, uh, I would think you might have a Switch version and a 3DS version. In, instead of like having two different versions for the 3DS, one of them is 3DS and the other is Does Switch. that make any sense, though, because the Switch is already portable? It doesn't, but I think that still might be what they do. <laughs> I mean, just like, because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean right. Nintendo won't do it. <laughs> exactly. So, Because I feel like there's still going to be that impl- Im- you know, impetus to not leave the 3DS user base in the cold. Yeah. So uh, my bet, with zero you know, reality behind it right now, would be that you would get the next full-fledged edition, instead of like Sun and Moon both being for 3DS, one of them would be for 3DS and one of them would be for the Switch. Anything, and they'd be able to talk to each other somehow. Anything that you want to change about the game itself? Um, like, man, I'd love to see them kind of go full Xenoblade with it. Like a full open-world Like a full-on open-world RPG. That, yeah. I would, too, but the other thing I would but say about that... But I feel like that, that might change it too much. 
I wouldn't be so worried about the changes, really. Because, I mean, if you think about it, even Sun and Moon is kind of like an open-world game. Sure, yeah. it has to load yeah. in, like, the levels because it's the 3DS. But it still is this open world that you can explore and go anywhere you want at yeah. any time you want to. It's kind of already there. Um, I would like it to turn into one of Nintendo's pillars, like one of its 3D pillars, just like Mario and and Zelda and Metroid. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they can't devote the same resources to Pokemon and make a 3D game with the same production values as some of its other franchises. And I think that is what I want to see. I want to see a Pokemon game that Nintendo puts a ton of money into. I mean, man, Game Freak is like... 50 dudes, you know, and they do a great job. Their games are awesome. I love pretty much every Pokemon that's ever come out. Game Freak's amazing. But Game Freak can't make a a polygonal AAA game. It just mm-hmm. can't. It doesn't have the chops. It doesn't have the resources. So that makes things a little dicey, right? Because well, that's why they're looking for new people. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hiring, like, a couple dudes versus... I mean, you need to revamp your studio pretty much... Mm-hmm. From the ground up, if that's going to be the plan, and maybe that's actually something that's a good a thing a thing to note. There is that it's a good thing to keep an eye on: is mm-hmm. how many people are they hiring? Are they just hiring a couple guys to add on to the Game Freak team, or are they building this yeah. brand new squad, so to speak, that's going to work on the polygonal side of it? The other part of it too is that you have Nintendo's A and B teams that still really haven't proven that they can make a really good cinematic game. As far as a compelling story with great writing and excellent voice acting. Well, Nintendo and... doesn't really do compelling story. Right. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, uh, Pokemon stories are pretty deep and in-depth. There's been a couple that have tackled some pretty serious social issues in the yeah. past. Black and, and White was surprisingly uh, yeah. thoughtful about its premise. Yeah, because the whole premise was like, yo, what are we doing to these creatures? Yeah, it's like, is it even these... okay that we do this? Yeah. Kind of thing. And it was, it was, it, they kind of took that to an interesting end. I agree. But then with Sun and Moon, they kind of backtracked on right. that a little bit. Sun and Moon feel, felt like they sort of went back to basics on the story in exchange for trying to up the tech. And right. they were only partially successful there yeah. to a large degree. But, I mean, I would love to play a Pokemon game that has the same production values as Final Fantasy, just pulling something out mm. of thin air. And I know you, you have, obviously, issues with Final Fantasy XV, but I would like to see that level of at least dedication and production values, and in some ways make it better, um, with Pokemon. It, this franchise has the ability... This franchise could, literally, if they made a great 3D Pokemon, could turn Switch into another Wii. I fully, fully believe that. In fact, if the launch game for the Switch were a polygonal po- Pokemon with all the trimmings, right now it would be as big mm-hmm. as a Wii. Well, that's kind of why I'm saying about like why I think they'll bunt with the 3D, a 3DS version of whatever. But look, if you really want to sell this system to people... The only way to play the next Pokemon is to buy a Switch. I mean, That's, let's just be honest. I mean, you're kind of holding it hostage at that point, but yeah. hey, it's it's a business. So what? It's business. At this point, is there any way you can deny that Pokemon is the biggest property Nintendo has? Um, I think I think Mario is still bigger, just in terms of an international reach. No, I mean, if look, if you go into a village in South Africa or whatever, and you hold up a card, and you hold up Pikachu, and you hold up Mario... Those villagers are going to know Mario before they know Pikachu. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about financially. Like, what is its cash cow? What can get its fans behind it the most? What can generate the most revenue? What can move the most hardware? 
We saw what happened with the 3DS when Sun and Moon came out. It was sold out again. The 3DS sold out again. And Pokemon Go. Yeah. They've, the 3DS has vanished after Pokemon Go came out. It moves hardware. And that's what Nintendo needs is games that move hardware. Because that's the th one of the main things I noticed, because I kind of ba got back into the Pokemon thing after Pokemon Go blew up and I got tired of playing Pokemon Go because they kept fucking with it. Yeah. Um, but I, no I noticed, like, just kind of glancing while I was going through the game, you know, back in the late August, early September area... Um, the 3DSs were all sold out, and all the Pokemon games were gone. X, Y, O, Alpha, Sapphire, and Omega Ruby gone. Like they were uh, people. People played Pokemon Go, got the Pokemon bug, and went and bought a system and a game and yeah. played it again. Well, I think and a like, lot of people too maybe played Pokemon when they were younger. Oh, absolutely. Stop playing it. Play Go, and they're like, "Well, it, like, I know it, this is a piece of crap compared right. to the real Pokemon." It gave them that little taste. Right. Well, that's exactly what I did. Where I was like, you know, after a while, I'm like, you know what? I'd like to play a real Pokemon game. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's exactly what I did, and like. I think a lot of people who hadn't been out of gaming for a long time did that too. Like you know, it, it it awoke a sleeping dragon, a sleeping so dragonite, speak. so to speak. And um, you know, the Switch. I, I just think it's it's definitely the the one you have the most leverage over the community for, in terms of like, and it would also be go a long way towards proving that yes, this is your new handheld. This is the new handheld you're committed to. Yes, it is also a console, yeah. but let's let's face it, it runs better as a handheld. It does, yeah. And it looks better. And, and it looks better. And, like, you know, the the way to, to really prove, at least to me, the way to really prove that, like, you're committed to this as your new handheld solution as a company is to put the next Pokemon on it. Yeah. And, like, cool, I can play it on the TV, too. I'm super into that. People will complain. But, oh, yeah, complain. But, but you know what? They'll complain... And then they'll go buy a Switch. Right. Because there's no way in hell they're not playing the new Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at that install base of the 3DS, a lot of those people have that 3DS because of Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Because it's the only place you can get it. And, look, I... Nintendo doesn't care about pissing off its fans, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't. No. Because you can look at its policies on YouTube. The people that it's punishing are some of its biggest fans in the whole world. And so, obviously, Nintendo is a bottom-line company. It's like, we need to make money. If it pisses off our fans, that sucks, and we feel a little bad about it, but ultimately you're not going to keep us from doing what we need to do to make as much money as possible. And making as much money as possible is creating a big-budget, AAA, polygonal Pokemon game for Nintendo Switch. They already have the blip. They already figured out the open world now. They did that with Zelda. That was a huge growing pain. That's why Zelda took so long to come out. They've worked through all that now. I just... I really think something like that could honestly make at least the switch compete with xbox i don't it's never going to compete with playstation 4 and probably never compete with playstation period mm -hmm. but install base yeah the question is like once you get the thing in the hands of someone who loves pokemon can you get them to buy something else to play on it right um because that's one of the other things is like you know for a lot of people that's you know their nintendo handle is basically a pokemon machine I mean, I look at handhelds kind of that way. Yeah. Like, I'm not a person with a handheld and I just am cycling through games constantly. Like, I find a game that I like to play sitting around with it on my lap or on a plane or whatever, and I stick with that game. That's why Advance Wars was so great. Because it was like that game that you could stick in your handheld and you could just keep it there for, like, two years. And you just play it whenever you have the time. And maybe in two years you actually finally ever finish the game. That, to me, is kind of what handheld gaming is. And so... You're right. It may be a case where a lot of these people who are conditioned to that handheld market buy a Switch, 
just by Pokemon and maybe one or two mm-hmm. other games. But but still, I mean, maybe, you've moved the hardware. You've yeah, now sold that, Pokemon for $60 instead of $40. Maybe that Pokemon game is, is how you launch the Switch without a dock. Not a bad, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Because that would, I feel like that would be coming out right around the right time to do that. No, you're absolutely right. Yep. Maybe you get a cheaper package, so a lot mm-hmm. of the younger players who may be pissed off be like, well, I don't want to spend $300 to play a Pokemon mm-hmm. game. I'm because that to- was one of the things Nintendo has always said about the, you know, people have requested a console Pokemon game forever, a, you know, a full-fledged Pokemon installment, and Nintendo's, you know, Comment on that has always been because it's so closely identified with handheld, and being handheld and portable has always been a hallmark. key a key to how the game functions. It really. is really, yeah, it's, it's right. about being able to trade with people on the go and you know run into people. That all. That's and, what the internet's for, though. Right, and well, friend codes. Well, I mean that, that they they do support a lot of you know most people trade online now. I mean the, you know, the, all that stuff is is very well. Yeah, yeah, they I mean, really Sun figured it out. Sun and Moon is great. They, you know, the, the previous generation X and Y really figured it out for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, you know, being able to put stuff up and say I want this and trade for it, and people, you know, it's it's actually kind of elegant. And, I wanted uh, to with the NFC reader, or not the NFC reader, but the the IR port on the Joy-Con. If you still couldn't make it work, yeah, I think it. I think you could. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, to, to, I think if you if that would be a good way to kind of launch it. Uh, you know, take out the dock to, to mitigate the cost of including the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Joy-Cons can be special colors for whichever version you're buying. Right. And stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and, oh, da, 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 da. oh no, God, you're right. Marty, I'm already doing it, their work for them. Look right. at that. You're right, though. Think about that. If you create a gold and silver version, yeah. the you get the gold version, the Joy-Cons are gold. You get the mm-hmm. silver version, the Joy-Cons are silver. Ooh, look out, dude. Yep. Look out. I mean, I honestly can't think of too many games that Nintendo could announce for Switch that would make me more excited. Mm-hmm. I uh, I would be over the moon if they announced this game that we've been talking about. Really the only thing... It I just would... makes too much sense, Matt. Really the only <laughs> thing that would probably outrank that for me would be a... Um, Metroid, maybe. A Metroid that isn't stupid. Yeah, which I, I think we're getting anyway, so... Well, I hope you're right. I don't believe it. You really don't believe <laughs> I'll, it? I'll believe it when I see it. You really it. don't think re- Retro's making the next Metroid? I think Retro's making something. I would. I have a hard time believing it's another Metroid game. Well, what would you think they'd give them? They're so, not going to give them another else. Donkey Kong Country. New game. Tropical new IP. Freeze tanked. They're not going to let Retro make a new IP. They might. I'd, I'll bet you. <laughs> I don't mm. think that's ever going to happen. But we'll see. But anyway... Wishful thinking. I think it's fun sometimes. It's even more fun when it all comes true. Well, it sounds like it's maybe a little more than that. Yeah. If, if that's what they're hiring. Well, if we didn't have a basis well, question, to discuss this, we wouldn't discuss right. it Right. Well, all. the question becomes, like, is it going to be the real a real Pokemon game or is it going to be another spin-off? Like, or something where Sun and Moon connects into another stadium, basically. Which yeah. I would not be shocked at all if no, it is another Pokemon stadium. But, where like, you just fight. but if they really want to commit to this system and move it forward... You put the put the next real Pokemon. Invest. Game on it. Put the yeah. money into it. It's Do your it. cash cow. Go for it. You gotta you gotta step. You gotta let go of the edge and swim. Yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> I think they're too conservative for that, but we shall see. All right, let's move on to our last topic of Game Face episode eighty. It is time to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. We've actually talked about it two weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't delivered the final verdict. Last week we talked about it. Like, we barely started the campaign. with just giving initial impressions. I, full disclosure, I have not finished the game. I have played 50 or 60 hours of the game. I am, unless there's a crazy twist, which happens sometimes <coughs> in games, I'm at the end of the game. I am on my way to fight the bad guy who has been the bad guy the entire time. Mm. So, unless another bad guy shows up, 
I'm about to finish the game. Um, first, let's talk about the reviews, because we haven't done a show since all the reviews came out for this. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Um, the game has been getting... A lot of people suddenly learned how to use the whole 10-point scale, <laughs> yeah, suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. So, uh, <laughs> uh, the, I think the meta is at, like, 7.5 or something like that. That yeah, was your first pick, huh? Yeah. That's insane. I mean, I would never have thought it would get those reviews, but I, I called that. I, I think I said something like, you think? I thought this might get eights. Um, just because I didn't think it was going to live up to its predecessors, I did not expect sixes. Yeah. I mean... Having played it, I still don't know where that score is coming from. Well, like, I mean, I have... I, <laughs> I really have no I'm not as far as idea. you. I'm, like, 20 hours in, and I, you know, I'm, like... I think my percentage completion is, like, 22% or something. Yeah. I'm, like, just past the second major planet. Um, which, actually, I guess you, you pick between two planets. Right. And so I'm probably... You know, I picked the ice one. Because uh, that was a lot of freaking fun. Um, <laughs> Why did you pick the ice world? It was the worst world in every I didn't game. Mean, I didn't know it was the ice world. I just got there and it was snowing. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, it's like, here's the thing. I, I like it. I don't love it. Um, I If you were going to... Like, if you were using a full 10-point scale, like, from top to bottom, like, believably, I could see giving it a 6 out of 10... But GameSpot doesn't do that, so I don't know how it rates that. I honestly, on, that. on any scale, could never see giving this game a 6 out of 10. I think it's, I, I I think think it's well, a pretty... I didn't pretty... want to call out GameSpot, but since you did, I was just going to say a website gave it a 6, but you, you Everybody knows it what was. it is. No, I mean, several sites have given it a 6. But what I was going to point out is some of the other games that that website gave the same score to. And hmm. I'll just run this through for you. Malicious Fallen. Sticks, I don't know what that is. Sticks, Shards of Darkness, Darkness, Fast RMX... Ghost Recon Wildlands, it actually gave a higher score to. Loot Rascals, Super Bomberman R. Wow. Super Bomberman R. R. Dude. <laughs> One, two, Switch, mm. and Sniper Elite 4. Those are the games just in the last few weeks that that website has given the same score to. I like Sniper Elite 4, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played it, so I, I probably shouldn't even include that, but... Dude, Super Mario Bomberman R is like a 2 out of 10. <laughs> like, it is awful. And it got the same score as Mass Effect Andromeda on that website. Now, I'm 50 hours into the game. And I love it. I, I don't think it's a 10 or not even a 9. Like, if I were to review this game on the old game trailer score, it would probably get like an 8.5 to like an 8.7. And if I was going to rate this like X-Play style, I would give it a 4. four. Yeah, the five-point scale is easy. It's the easiest yeah. scoring system ever. I, like I said, I think two weeks ago, I can play a game for an hour and tell you what it's going to get on a five-point scale. But on the old game trailer scale, 100-point scale, I would have given it an 8.5 or an 8.7. The game... Here's the thing. I think what happened is that the well was poisoned by the early access stuff. I think when people saw... When journalists saw the outrage over the facial animations, and rightfully so, the facial animation is terrible. Not the whole face... The eyes. Yeah. But you, unfortunately... If they, if they fix the eye shaders, like, they're 50% home already. But like, unfortunately, the eyes, as they say, are the window to the soul. Right. So they're incredibly important. Well, and yeah, so well, I totally the other thing get is, like, criticism. I don't know if I've been in a conversation in this game where the eye lines were correct. No one is ever looking at each other. Well, no, their it's eyes, very they weird. just jut all over the place. Yeah. They don't look at But anything. also, their eyes are flat white. Yeah. Like, like, there's... It's very look, weird. The eyes are terrible. I agree a million percent... 
eight days a week, a million days a year. They're terrible. But it's not the whole game. It is just such a it's a right. figment of but that the, game. But the whole the game, game is jai freaking gigantic. It is, and every single element of it has a serious flaw. Like that's my problem with it. Is like it's not. The, the a whole... serious flaw? Absolutely. Oh, I completely disagree with that. Well, completely disagree with Good luck, with that. then, because the writing's not very good. It's the... not bad, though, either. But it's not very good. Uh, what standards? Are you applying this to a movie standard or a video game I'm standard? Applying it to because... Mass Effect standards. Just, just so for that's what I want to get at. People are reviewing this against the old Mass Effect games instead of just looking at it as its own thing. It's not its own thing. It's Mass Effect Andromeda. It if is. If they wanted but, to be its own but, thing, they shouldn't have called it Mass but Effect. But look, if they reviewed it as its own piece of content instead of comparing it to the first three Mass Effects, it would not have the same score as these games. It would not. You, can you deny that it is not leaps and bounds well, better than these well, games? Well, I don't think that even explains the, the scores. I, th- I, I don't know what's happening with the scores there. Because look, I like I said, I like it. I don't love it. It falls drastically short of the previous three games. But I don't think drastically. I, I don't agree I with that at all. I absolutely. I don't. Do. Look, because I couldn't even finish Mass Effect Three. I never finished it. I got halfway through it and got bored out of my mind and stopped. I got to level fifteen and never went back to it. Right. I like this better than Mass Effect Three. I don't like it better than Mass Effect 2. Definitely not, because to me, Mass Effect 2 is the best in the series. Mass Effect 2 is the pinnacle, for sure. In Mass Effect um, 1, I feel like they're kind of on par. In fact, I feel like this game is kind of like them starting all over, and it feels like Mass Effect 1. The one thing I would say is that there's really nothing innovative in this game. I mean, they don't really do much of anything new or anything that no other game has done. And that's where I come mm-hmm. down the hardest on it, is that it is rote. It is kind of a paint-by-the-numbers right. Mass Effect game. But that's... All- but... One thing has been drastically improved, and that is the combat. The combat in this is way better than any other Mass Effect game. Like, way better. It's not even, in, like, in the same league as the other games. Like Mostly. I always felt completely detached from the combat in Mass Effect. And some people prefer that because that gives it, like, more of an RPG vibe. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that this is a third-person shooter with RPG elements versus being an RPG with third-person shooting elements. Well, but I think that's... As someone who prefers... But also that's the direction the series has been going been the going whole time. I mean, this is a very natural evolution of what they've been working towards, right. I think, and the look, whole time. And I've never hidden that I'm a gameplay-first guy. I say it all the time, a million times, and I'll probably be that way until the day I die. Because what you do... Gameplay is what you do the majority of time you play a game. And so I place a greater emphasis on that. And the combat in this game is awesome. Look, the first few hours you play it, the cover system... Definitely a problem. Until you figure out how it works. So you have to have your weapon drawn before you go into cover. Well, or you I'm well aware of that. It. I still think it blows. Like, I don't like the auto cover in anything. Let, like, yeah. This is not as specific to this game. I, look, I Let agree. me choose when I go into cover. I, I, agree. I would have preferred if there was a cover button. No, no yeah. doubt about that. But after I played it for a while... I mean, it's I, functional. It yeah, works. I don't have issues with it now. And, and I'm beyond that, I do think... The shooting, the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is better than the other three. Yeah, it's freaking amazing, dude. When you start mixing up your combos, and even when you're just playing with the AI and you're not playing with human people, like, they do combos with you. Like, they, when you freeze somebody, they'll shoot a rocket into it and explode it. Like, mm-hmm. the AI it does a pretty good job of, like, keeping up with the myriad options in the combat. Yeah. And, like, as you I get did farther have to remove, in... I did have to remove Korra from my party, though, because she kept getting in my reticle. It wasn't her, though. That that was just luck. It wasn't just because of how she is. Because I played with Korra the whole game. I've never she kept, got rid of her. Every single time, she kept jumping in my... Every, like, it was, and it was always 
the last shot to kill a guy. And yeah. she, suddenly she's like, oh, here I am. Here I am. I, so I, I took her out and I haven't had that problem since then. Because she, think... she, she, she does the vanguard like charge thing. She jumps on, you know, because I played that character in Mass Effect 3 for the first time. So but, like, see, it just gets in my way. I, she's been my partner the whole time. I've shuffled, I like her as a character. I've shuffled everybody else her. in and out, but I've kept her on my party the whole game. And I see a comment here. Combat is not what sells a, sells a Mass Effect game, though. What does? The story. The story is not bad. The story, after, actually, you don't even know how good the story yet is, Matt. So you should not pass judgment on it yet because you have not okay. got to the point where shit happens yet. Okay, well, you're still, you're, you're, see, for that, because I'm almost 15, 20 hours into this thing. And I agree, it should take you're that in, long. You're in Final Fantasy 13 territory now. It's like, oh, it gets really good 30 hours in. Well, you mean 15? 13. Oh, 13. Yeah, we're 13, like, once you got through the whole thing, got the Grand Pulse, everyone's like, right, oh, no, right. it's really great after yeah. that point. I'm like, okay, well, that's 30 hours. Like, what are you doing? Um, certainly it's not that bad yeah um and look, but, i agree look, with you like the it thing shouldn't is, like, take you, forever for but, the story to get right good. but like and here's the thing like uh, there are some interesting characters in here like uh for the most part i like the new squad mates um are they on par with the original mass effect trilogy no but the thing is most of the the characters that i love i was gonna say people love i'll just say Have i you love filled up your party yet yeah okay uh most of the people that you love in the massive original mass effect trilogy Mass Effect 2 made those characters characters you love. Yeah. Like, even the characters returning from Mass Effect 1, it was Mass Effect 2 that made Garrus the bro that, like, everybody no, right. loves so much. And, I and love the, I like the characters in this, though. But I feel like they're, they all have of, a bunch of levels to them, and, like, the more you get to know them, the more you start the thing, to uncover though, that stuff. Like, but here's the thing. Like, like you say, there's not really any... Uh, it's not doing anything particularly innovative or new. Yeah. Uh, everything this game is doing is a solved problem. And I don't know why it has so many problems with things that are solved problems. Oh, it's obviously been released before it was done. But it was it's it, but it it's took been five, five years. years. No, like, no, there's the, the studio could not get the game done. And let's time. not forget, um, first off, like all the, the like like I like the planetary you know I will say, if you take the character animations out of the equation, it's a beautiful game. The, the planets yeah. are amazing. Well, I mean, the performance like, isn't great. No, it, it stutters a no, good it, bit. It, it does stutter a lot, but it's not a Zelda game, so it has to get docked for that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's another It, it runs better than Zelda on it my does. Pro. I'll it say that. Up. Even on my base PS4, it runs better than Zelda. Um, but, I, you know, landing on a new planet is really cool. Like, seeing what each planet Dude, is like. The and art the in this game is that, incredible, it's very good. man. Like, in-freaking-credible. Like, every planet, I'm excited to get to the right. planet just to see it. But the other thing, but the other thing that keeps you know, grinding away at me on it is, like, the, you know, the, the, the planet gameplay. When you get to a planet, you, you get there, there's the map. It's literally a reskin of Dragon Age Inquisition. Every, I never played Inquisition. Inquisition is exactly this. You, you get to a, a map... It's a big open area with like various places to go. You find optional places to see. You set up forward bases. You pick up ammo out of like automatic, automatically out of little crate things. You find resource nodules that you then. Re- I mean, it's, every, it's it's literally a mod of Dragon Age Inquisition. And I'm so why autom- is that a bad thing? It's a bad thing because why couldn't you come up with something like that was more I mean, Mass Effect? Every game does um, this stuff though. You that can't doesn't just say that, that it's the same as Inquisition. Okay, well that's not an excuse though. That's that's just. But an no, you're holding it to the state. Look, I'm, I'm not saying this, it's I'm a 10. It's, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm not... saying it's a great game, and people and are I'm... saying it's not. It's not a great game. It's a good it game. It is a great game. It's a good game. You're cra- no. crazy. No, I'm not. You I'm finish a... the game, and you come and talk to me that. Gladly, because I've been playing it for long enough to know what I'm talking about. Because, And I played Dra- Dragon Age Inquisition to the end, and I've already Wrong. played all this shit. It's no, I'm not. It's a great game. It's a, it's a good game. It's as far as I'll go with it. You haven't, you haven't finished it. Don't care. 
What do you mean you don't care? I've, I've played 700 hours of Mass Effect. This I know is what, Mass this Effect is... Andromeda. This is another yeah, game. It's a lesser game compared to the other games. And if I wasn't already con- like, committed to it, I would probably stop and play something oh, else right insane. now. No, I'm not, you dude. You are, yeah. Like, I'm sorry my standards for story is higher than yours. Like, it's You don't even know the story yet! You've played 15 hours of the game! I'm pretty sure I know the premise of Mass Effect Andromeda. You know the premise? And you the don't other... know what happens! Well, I can't wait to find out all the horrible line reads and mis- mispronounced things and terrible voice direction You're that tells you the story. You're completely over-exaggerating. No, I'm not. I, I have very rarely seen... <laughs> Such bad delivery. There's bad performances in this game all through. Oh, I completely char- disagree with that. From character, I completely disagree. I think the writing is bland. Writing's bland, and the performances but I think are the bad. Voice- I disagree with that. I think the voice acting is great. Dude, the, the voice acting is like they use the rehearsal tracks. Like there's some bad stuff, and especially the the third tier, like the tertiary characters. I went up to a bartender that I had to do a side quest for, and gave gave them like a the item, and this was literally the line read. Oh, I can't believe you found this. Where did you get this? Oh, I'm not going to ask. Great, thanks. Like, it was just, like, it wasn't even any punctuation in the fucking line read. How does that get through? Well, when you have four million hours of scripts to go through. Oh, poor babies. Well, here's here's my fucking answer to that, and it's three words. The Witcher 3. No. After there the are Witcher... bad line reads all through that game, Matt. Not to the degree of this yes, thing. Not remotely. Matt, you're being insane right no, now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm holding it to the standard of the you're previous You're trying to Mass talk Effect to me about games. a game you've hardly played, you've barely scratched the surface of, and you're trying to tell me I'm wrong. I don't need to play the rest of the game to know that I've seen terrible performances through this whole thing. <laughs> it, it, and on top of that, you're dealing with these things where, like, they, it feels like they didn't even touch the conversation animations or the conversation camera work. Especially no, for, I've, I've, I'll say the conversation, and that's the other thing. Like the there's no work like, put into that, like, and probably because they had no time. Right, so I mean, I don't think they wanted to ship the game like that. I'm not I saying like lazy developers or anything. Let's go back to the facial animation like, because something this is what here. poisoned the well for this game with all the journalists and for everybody, pretty much, is the facial animation. And yeah, it's it's awful. Like I've said before, it's terrible. But I don't even care about it anymore. I don't even look at really the characters anymore. It doesn't matter. It's like. Think about, like, isometric action RPGs, like Torment and games like that, where literally it's just a dude standing there while text scrolls. Everyone's like, what an amazing story. There's not even hardly any voice acting in some of these games. This game has a good story, and you're going to get to the point where you're going to admit it. I tell you that right now, and when you do, I hope you will apologize, because the story gets really good eventually. And you're right, it's dumb that it takes so long to get there but it gets there shit happens that you will never see coming and then more shit happens that you will also never see coming and so unfortunately if it takes that long to get there a lot of people will literally never see it because they'll give up they shouldn't because i don't think mass effect stories before were good and also i don't think facial animation has ever been good in mass effect the characters it was better than this i'd agree that but it still was not good. And Dragon good. Age Inquisition was way better than But it still was this. not good. But I that's, feel but like I'm, Mass Effect has got a pass on a lot of shit for a long time. Mass Effect, and now, is, Mass Effect 3, the last Mass Effect game was half a decade ago. Yeah. You gotta keep with the times, man. Like, Inquisition did make a few steps forward, but this game takes those steps back again. Like, Inquisition looked better than this. 
especially the facial animation. Oh, the, look, I've facial said, animation, not not the I've hair. I've said over and, and over the facial animation in this game is bad. But that's bad. what I keep saying is like, and after a while, it even doesn't just, even, even if you're not com- even if you're not com- comparing it to ma- the other other Mass Effects, if you're comparing this on almost every level to Dragon Age Inquisition, these are all solved problems. I get that. I totally get that. Like, there's no excuse for it. I'm not making excuses for it. I said it's terrible, but the point I'm trying to make is that I don't care about it anymore. I, I don't even notice it anymore. The first five hours, I was like, now, God, those are heinous. Now, why did all this stuff suddenly, for the first time in maybe the history of game reviews, add up to actual bad scores? I don't have a theory on that one. What what add up? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why all of a sudden? This is stuff that's been in Mass Effect all along. And now all of a sudden, journalists are like, it sucks. Well, I don't know why this... Like, like, like I'm saying, like, I don't disagree with you on the, on the idea that the reviews are low to the point of confusion. Absurdity, in my opinion. Having... I think I'm at the end of the game. Having played the whole game... I love this game. I don't want it to end because it gets better and better as it goes. And every new world you discover is more awe-inspiring than the one before it. And the combat just gets better and better. And the weapons are all different. You have to use different tactics. And each one of your party members has completely different abilities that completely alter how you fight as a team. Like, it's a great game. I don't care what anyone says. It is a great game. And I don't really give a shit. If these other journalists don't like it or give it bad scores, what I give a shit about is seeing people on Sifted who never played the game, never touched the game, saying, I'm not buying this because of these reviews. And they're screwing themselves. It is a great game. Buy the game. Play the game. If you hate it, tell me. I'll take all the heat. But I guarantee if you stick with it, you will not dislike this game and you will not regret spending $60 on it. And that's what these journalists have done. Mm. They're keeping people from buying a game that I know that they're going to love. And that's what bothers me about it. I'm never going to say someone's opinion is wrong or berate you someone for five minutes telling me my opinion is wrong. Because you didn't play it. They did play it. They I finished the game. 20 hours of the fucking thing. And you're a third of the way through it, if that. That's what How I'm telling you. How long do I have to play it before it tells me what it really is? And you already said you still like the game. I do like the game. So imagine what happens when it starts getting better. You're going to eventually think it's a great game. I may not agree with you that that's a great change in story or a development in story. We don't might not agree on how the story works. But what I, I'm saying, but I agree in the sense that I like it, I don't love it, I think it's good, it's not great. But if you liked Mass Effect, I don't see any reason you wouldn't at least like this game. I, I, if you, I think anybody who liked Mass Effect Like anyone like who game. liked Mass Effect or loved Mass Effect and is looking at like the previews and the animation glitch gifts and being like, oh, I'm not going to touch this because it's terrible. Look, I've played how long, even just the amount of time, I played all the sections that you've seen gifts of the terrible animation for, yeah. and I haven't seen any of those glitches at all. I've seen, I've seen the bad I've, anim- seen I've seen the bad facial animation. Yeah. I've seen things where characters are like twitching up and down. I've seen weird camera problems. But like in terms of you know the the where riders running around with like a load of, load in their pants and like you yeah. know people's you know heads spinning around. I haven't seen any. Of that I haven't stuff. seen anything. It's like just that. the facial animation. But it's, it just it hurts me to see people on Sifted being like, "Damn, I was so excited for this game. I'm not going to buy it now." Like I feel bad for them because it's wrong. Like they're going to like the game. Unless they're totally obsessed with facial animation, which maybe some people are. For me, it bothered me for the first, like, hour, and I didn't even give a crap about it after that. I mean, it still bothers me to see, you know, and again, it's the eyes to me. Yeah, they're terrible. If you you fix those eye shaders, I think you're halfway home with, you know, solving the problem. Like, yes, some of the mouth movements are weird, and some of the facial I think the mouth animation is actually really good. Of course, it's fine. Like, it's, it's not, I mean... It's certainly not enough to like go crazy and refuse to buy it. Like yeah. it's it's maybe it's disappointing by modern standards. I just some think degree, but... I just think a lot 
I just feel like these review scores have just ruined a really good game for people. Like, this I really regret. There are certainly other games that people should be warned off of first. Yes! You know, like, if, I, if for lack of a better this, description. I really regret not having the game eval done for this on Embargo Day. Well, you didn't have enough time for that. I just, I feel like I've let our users down. I'm being perfectly honest with you because I've seen all the people on the site saying, oh, I really wanted this to be good and I couldn't wait. And now they're like, I'm not buying it. And I'm like, I failed them. Like my job is to let them know what games they should and shouldn't buy. And because I didn't get the game eval for this done in time, they didn't have that opinion there to, because there was, it was just like this, nobody likes it. It's like, everybody's like, that, that. And you look at these other games that they've given the same score. It's fucking insane, dude. Like, I don't get it. I do not get it. I am loving the hell out of this game. It's not a 9 or a 10, but it sure the hell ain't a damn 6. I'll tell no. you that right now. And so... Not on the 7 to 9 scale, certainly. No. I... Buy it, guys. Buy it. I really think that if you just forget about all this crap, all this propaganda, because that's really what it was. It was propaganda that spread that whole weekend, and probably some of the people were like, people who don't have a console that they can play it on, or Nintendo fans are like, ah, oh, I found this guy! Like, I just feel like the game got sabotaged by the internet hive mind. And, uh... Well, also I, by its own terrible animation problems. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look, they set themselves up, obviously. Yeah. They had to provide the material at first. And a but, lot, right, but instead of people saying, hey... Look at how great this combat is and showing these awesome combat sequences. Of course, they just take loops of the faces and just run them over and over and send them out into GIF land. Like, it's just the overall negativity of the internet in general. But I, I mean, and also, like, frankly, the story I really want to see, uh, instead of the story Mass Effect Andromeda is trying to tell me, is the story of what happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Because... I just don't know how that happened. I mean, I mean the, the one thing that boggles my mind is that it took five years to make this game. There right. is no reason on God's green earth this game should have taken five years and be released and in the is, state that it's in. And, and Inquisition was also using Frostbite, right? Uh, I don't know, was actually. It? I don't know. I thought it was. But, I mean, look, and here's just a full disclosure. There are some bugs in this game. I had two quests that bugged out, and it didn't keep me from completing the quest, but like one time I went to open a door where I needed to meet the guy inside to finish the quest, and I activated the door, and it literally just cut to the middle of the conversation mm -hmm. that I was having with him. Well, I continually hit things where like, like a, the, there's a conversation at the end of like a side quest, and then the conversation ends, and I my characters are in a totally different place than where the conversation happened. So it's like, there's flag problems happening and uh, what was the other thing? They're I saying keep... Dragon Age did use Frostbite. Yeah. And, then it, keep, and it keeps using, uh, keeps having things where, like, I keep running into sequence breaks. Where, like, not that break the game or break quests, but, like, characters constantly talk about stuff that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, I keep, t there's, there's the, the main bad guys don't get a name until you complete a certain quest. You, you progress the main quest a certain level. And I missed the this area, the physical area where that part happens, and so I was driving around the map and just sort of like looking at stuff, yeah. and like they kept referring to the bad guys by this name 
that I hadn't seen the scenes where they get the name yet. And I'm like, wait, uh, right. when did we name the bad That's guys? That's actually I... one of the more common bugs in big open world games. Is but I've like never... vocal I... samples firing off when they're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, but, but they weren't... Not because they weren't supposed to. It was just it was letting me get to this content before... You got there. I mean, theoretically, I think you were... They expect you to just sort of take a hard right out of the, the area you start in and run into the scene where they get their name. Right, right. But I didn't do that because if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to drive off the cliff in the moon buggy every single time. So that's yeah. what I did. And I ended up like doing stuff that I wasn't supposed to do yet. And I get to there's One of the things you, you know, you, like, as you know, one of the things you do is you have to activate those like, you know, those monument relics to yeah, do yeah. stuff. And I, the first one I found was like on the other side of the map. You're supposed to go to this one section, you get a cutscene, and it shows you how to do that stuff. Right. And it activates a thing and then you learn you have to go do that. I found another one the first time and it let me like, you know, scan the things I needed to scan, and then the thing wouldn't work. And I'm like, why doesn't the thing work? It's like, activate the thing. Won't activate the thing. And it turned out I had to go back and do that cutscene before I could go back and right, activate right. the thing. And that happened, stuff like that happens constantly. I had two, I had two bug quests. I still was able to complete the quest. It just, like, the sequence got goofed up, mm -hmm. and I've had one crash. I haven't had anything that, yeah, I haven't had anything that broke a quest that I couldn't complete anymore. Yeah. But I've had a lot of things where I was like, what? And then now it doesn't really throw me anymore because I'm oh, I'm ready yeah. for it to do stuff like that. Let's start talking but about some other so awesome weird. stuff in this game, like the the strike missions. How you can send out your teams on strike missions. Wait, you're also leveling up, by the way, and giving them gear and buffs to use. Or you can go play those strike missions yourself and complete them because some of them are like more difficult. It'll tell you mm -hmm. like the percentage chance of what your of your team completing the mission. And so. If the reward is something that you really want, you don't want to screw it up, and the XP that your characters get for doing these is, like, huge, mm. you can go in and play them, play through them yourself to make sure that you complete them to get the points. Um, they just launched today the first Apex mission, which is a lot like, um, what's the thing in Hitman? Oh, the targets of opportunity? Uh, there's some other phrase for Elusive it. Elusive targets? Yeah. It's just like the elusive targets. It's these special missions that they give you that you can go online and play, and they're only available for like a limited time. Mm -hmm. And the first one of those launched today. The multiplayer, the co-op multiplayer, I've had a blast with. I don't think it has a ton of staying power. No, but it's like if you like the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, it's You're gonna like roughly it. the same. I it's mean, roughly it's the, it's it the same. It's the same people. It's the same team. I mean, the same team. That's all they've made before this. Was yeah. they made. I think they made the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer and the Omega DLC. And the, um, the systems in this game run so freaking deep. It's like the typical gameplay loop is you go out, you complete a mission, you come back, and then you spend almost as much time just managing everything, which is typical for Mass Effect. So if you're familiar with that gameplay loop, that's how it works. You got you do your mission, you come back to the Tempest, which is your ship, and there's a great fast AK, travel. AKA the Normandy with a different paint job. Yeah. And look, the fast travel system in it is great. Uh, the waypoint system in it is great. I've never felt like I've wasted any time like wandering around not knowing what I was supposed mm -hmm. to do. The game message is it great. The progression in the game Again, is great. All identical to Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. So at least but it's they, good though. I yeah, like. I mean, it. they used a template for it. And again, while it is identical to Dragon Age Inquisition, aside from the shooting game, like like the concept of. I basically, I'm, I'm going to automatically be more interested in Mass Effect because I'm more interested in astronomy than I am in wizards. So, like, the, 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 the premise of Mass Effect is more appealing to me by default. So, right. so uh, while it is a little annoying to me that I'm just like, this is a reskinned Inquisition. And, like, even if the, it's, it's one of the... You didn't play Inquisition, so one of the, the early on, like, the funniest... 
uh, things was like the first major location you go to is called the Hinterlands. And you can spend like 10 hours in the Hinterlands doing side quests. And I mean, you can be there forever. People thought that was the whole game, the Dude, whole there map. There are so many quests so, in this game. And so, so one, of the, one of the memes in, for Dragon Age Inquisition early on became, leave the Hinterlands, because there's a whole <laughs> game out there. Like, people thought right. the, Hinter, the Hinterlands were so big that people thought that was the, the whole, whole game. game. That was the map. Yeah. And so, early on, and like the first day, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so, um, it, it became, leave the Hinterlands. So, Mass Effect, I noticed this one. They come up with a very clever environmental reason for you to to force you to leave the hinterlands equivalent. And the first place you go, very early, you you achieve the task you need to achieve, and then there's a very good reason they that you have to leave, and uh, that only really works in space. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I, I thought I thought that was clever because at first I'm like, oh my god, it's the hinterlands all over, and then I was like. Oh, I see. Yeah. And, there's, and, you know, I think there is a very satisfying progression where, like, you know, your, your job is not a secret in this that you're supposed to try... You're trying to basically establish footholds and colonies for... That's the whole objective of the game. For these, is you, this, you've this, gone yeah. to this new galaxy. You've gone to Andromeda Galaxy and you have to find a place for humanity to live and all the places you thought you were going to live are screwed up. So you have to explore these new planets and so you go to the planet and you kind of... For lack to sum it up, basically, you take it over, right. so to speak. Because well, every like every you planet, help the native race there. Yeah, or you, you get them on, or you like terraform, favor. or you find you know there's magic ancient alien stuff yep. you get to do, and then you plant your settlement on right. that planet. And this process repeats. And what right. I was getting at earlier with the systems is there's so much yeah. crap to do but in I, this game. But I think even early on, like the first settlement you, you establish, because you've spent a lot of time. You know, the, well, you the, choose then you choose like military you choose or science. One, but, but you but you basically like you've spent a lot of time running around on this planet trying to figure this stuff out, trying to get used to some of the gameplay systems, trying to figure out yeah. how things work. Everything is radioactive, so you have to be careful where you go and and you know your life support and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, but now you've established this thing, there's buildings around, you can go look at, talk to people, and, like, there's, the thing that really I thought, like, I really liked there was that there was constant shuttle traffic coming in oh, and out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this place felt like a place that was alive. Oh, and yeah. that And that, like, and was like, good work, Pathfinder, establishing the first colony. Like, it was like, yeah, it's pretty cool here. Well, like, then there's like, consequences, though, because you, just, stuff, you yeah. decide whether you want it to be a military outpost or a science right. outpost. And I was like... I'll go science for my first one. I did that too. Then I you go science. back and you just get laid into <laughs> by all the people who are like military folks and are like, and it, it just makes you start considering all your. And we haven't talked about like the decisions that you have to make. There are some hard ass decisions to make in this game where I literally sat there for like ten minutes being like, man. Like, like five or six of them where I sat mm. for like ten minutes thinking about everything that I had already done this decision and everything surrounding it and how I thought or hoped it would impact things on down the road. Like, you know, just coming off of Zelda, and maybe this is what's maybe given me some clarity on this game, coming off of Zelda, a game that everyone gave perfect tens to, it's like this game does so many things better than Zelda. Other than what Zelda does better than this game is it's uh, it, it, the way the world interacts with everything else in the world. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos lately of Zelda where people have, like, attached those balloons to rafts yeah. and then flew to like Hyrule Castle. Like that's where Zelda excels. But all the other RPG stuff, Mass Effect wipes the floor with it. I mean, it's not even close. Like you're just talking about like the weather systems and there's like the same thing in this. Whereas they were a complete annoyance in Zelda, at least to me, in this it's like perfect. Like it's Except this... the fact that it rains in your helmet. That's okay. sweat. You're sweating. No, it's, it's actually the the rain doesn't stop on the helmet. Oh, it's, it's a glitch. I thought they were sweating. You think it's it looks like it should be sweat. Because it's on the desert world. I only right. noticed it. But it's actually uh, the, the the game doesn't realize the uh, characters wearing a helmet, so it's just raining. On I your only head. ever noticed it on the desert world, so I thought it was just sweat. <laughs> but anyway, like 
it's a, it's a, it's a, how should I describe it? It's there. And it's I something get, you have to think about. And you have right. to make daring treks where you're like, I need to get 300 yards away. Can I make it there and back before my suit runs out? But it's not like Zelda where, like, if you don't have the right thing equipped, you just die in, like, a minute or whatever. Like, there, the, com- the combat's way better in this game. There's a lot of parts of this that I feel are far superior than Zelda. The story just destroys Zelda. It and then well, yeah, I see cause a because it, it has one. Yeah, and then I see a six out of ten for this game. It's just like what fantasy land are you living on? I don't know. And, and again, you know, the, I'm not saying his opinion is wrong or their opinion's wrong. I'm just saying they're turning people off of this game when they shouldn't be. They're making it sound and seem way worse than it is. I don't know. I am really loving this game, man. Like, I am having a great time with it. Like I said, I'm 50 or 60 hours in. I don't want it to end because I can see the end is coming. I'm still not hooked up, by the way. I've mm-hmm. not hooked up with anyone. And I have flirted with everybody. Last night, finally, a, one of the girls came back to my room with me. And I was like, this is it. It's going to happen. Nope. And then she poured me tea and laughed. And I was like... <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, Dude, how have I, I was, not hooked up with a girl yet? Fifty or sixty hours into the game, you gotta work for that shit. Man. Dude, I've been working. I've been putting I, in I, overtime. I did like um, as I'm playing uh, Lady Rider, and uh, she. Uh, I, I went again. You know, once you get the Tempest, once you get your ship, I went to my ship and I started to talk to all my crew members. And basically, my first tour of my ship was basically me getting shot down by every crew member. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, mm, not really into it, lady. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Well, like, the girl, the girl I want to hook up with the most, like right out of the gate, was like, no, like, yeah, I don't want any like <laughs> private relationships on. And I never gave. Maybe that's why I haven't done it yet because she's harder. Maybe, maybe that's it. Because I've not given up on her. I'm like, oh no, no, no. You and I, we're we're a thing. We're gonna we're gonna make it work. And like, it still hasn't happened. So maybe I just chose the wrong partner, so to speak. Now I got shot down by every single person. I was like, yeah. wow, I guess we're really playing hard on hardball on this yep. one. So we'll have to hope some easy aliens show up. Yeah, but then you start getting into, like, all the crafting and the loot. And again, those systems are way deeper than what you get in Zelda. And look, I can get that... Identical to Dragon Age Inquisition, though. Probably. And look, I get there are some people that may say that's too much. And, you know, I, mean, I, I, I like the perfect medium is, of Zelda, and I totally get it's that. It's not but. Zelda. I mean, I think I think they went a little overboard with the the amount of loot versus the small inventory problem. Um, I feel it's silly that I'm spending cryo points to get a decent amount of inventory for all the mods I keep picking up. But, for um, Mass Effect? Mass Effect, I yeah. still haven't filled up my inventory. I filled up my inventory inside of, like, a week, like, like, a, like a couple of hours in the first time. How? Because I'm full of weapons and mods and shit. Can only hold 50 things. Dude. I still haven't filled my inventory. I don't know how. I'm 60 hours into the game, and I pick up everything. I don't know how you haven't. I don't filled know how the you inventory. filled it up in two hours. That's I'm insane. constantly selling stuff off and deconstructing things. I haven't like sold anything or deconstructed anything. See, I don't know what you're doing there. Like I'm const- I'm constantly full of stuff. I am completely baffled by that. How is that possible? I don't know. I'm picking up shit. Left I pick right. up everything. Everything. I loot every enemy. Because the because the thing like you know. It, the inventory space is not taken up by like crafting materials. Inventory space is only taken up by armor pieces, weapons, and weapon mods. Uh, those are the only things that take up space. Right. But I find tons of weapons and tons of weapons. Yes, mods. so do I. But I've not filled um, it up. No, I keep filling it up. Wow, like, I don't know how that's fat. even possible. I was, I was when I went to the first planet after the main. You know, are you main doing? Stuff, oh, you play games differently than me, though. You're probably doing a ton of exploring. Oh yeah. Uh, see, I don't do that. I'm just trying to get through the damn game. I mean, on one hand, yeah, you the, may never finish the game if you keep doing. I mean, that. on one hand, the, the <laughs> research and development stuff, like people, I understand why people are like, oh, it's too many things. But look, what do you do to get the research and development points? 
you scan things. Right. So oh, what am I doing all day? We didn't even talk about the scanning. Things. I scan the shit out of stuff. And that's another part of it I like. I like how it gives you like that little bit of a Metroid Prime like mm-hmm. vibe to it. Uh, there's a lots of quests where you you're like a, you become like a detective, yeah. so to speak, and you have to kind of like sometimes you have to follow like conduit lines through the environment to try to figure out where they lead. You have to follow footprints or blood. Like it adds kind of that whole other yeah. investigative element to it. Like I I just oh, and what <laughs> I really like this game. And it's actually part that the scanner is actually part of one of the few times I really felt like the game like came alive in the way that I was hoping it would as a Mass Effect game. Yeah. Was you you end up on a like basically you're you're taken you're not taken prisoner but a group of aliens are like they're not they don't trust you so you have to go see their leader and they're like don't walk around don't exp- don't look at things don't wander yeah, off yeah. the path just come with us and come here. Yeah. And like you know you've got armed guys following behind you and everybody's like you know all the police guys are like watching you. And at one point I'm like oh I saw like a plant and I'm like oh I wonder if I can scan that. So I pulled out my scanner and all of a sudden 14 laser beams were on me. And I was like, they're like, put it away. And, I'm, and, they, and my character's like, it's just a scanning device. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, that was really cool. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. was like, wow. It was like they reacted I've to me. i had tons of moments like that. But it's like, but that's very, stuff like that is very few and far between for me. And uh, I, mean, usually I was just, surprised how big of a deal scanning is in this game. Oh, it's a lot. I mean, I, I think I called that out when we, that first big trailer came along with the yeah. scanning. I'm like, oh, we're in trouble because I'll scan everything. Oh, man. Not as, not as, there's some stuff I feel like I should be able to scan that I can't. But I like, go into every room and the first thing I do, turn on the scanner. Oh, yeah. You have sure. to. You have to because it. that's how you get a lot of the yeah, loot. Yeah. Now, I mean, we didn't even talk about the crafting system, how you have to get the blueprints and then you have to make sure you have enough of a certain whatever to... Develop the blueprint. Then once you develop the blueprint, then you actually build it. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you have all the resources to build it. Like, the systems in it are just so deep. And yeah, it's a refined version of the same thing in uh, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. It's just that finding the blueprints and, and kind of figuring out how that all works together is much more interesting in Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay. Because uh, in, in Dragon Age... I should Age, have played Inquisition, it sounds like. <laughs> Dragon, Age, Dragon Age, you basically just find blueprints or get them as, as rewards, whereas in this... Um, it, the way you get stuff seems a little more organic. Yeah. Um, ironically, because usually it's technology. Yeah. Whereas in, in Dragon Age, it was literally organic. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, look, we got we to start wrapping up because we're hitting the three-hour mark. But in short, I get the criticisms. I don't disagree with any of them. The facial animation, definitely a problem. Definitely frame rate issues here. But I feel like they're focusing on, like, a speck of sand in an hourglass and just saying, man, there's one black speck of sand in that hourglass instead of saying, look at all these other tan pieces of sand. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's priorities. Maybe. What- I mean, I just, I don't I don't see why it's getting as slammed as it is, but I, I do think that presentationally it is deficient in almost every imaginable area and in ways that are not excusable for a modern, not just a modern action RPG, but a modern Bioware game, because these are solved issues in Bioware games. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, freak out that the facial animation isn't fantastic, because it never has been in Bioware games, even in Dragon Age Inquisition, but it was better than this. Yeah. And, and like, the cutscene direction, where it's like, you know, people aren't looking at each other, and, and oh, yeah. eye lines are off. Yep. And like, no, you're and, right. And then, like, right. and like, you know, doing side quest tasks, where, like, you know, it, and where you'd go up to somebody and you talk to them, and you don't get a full cutscene, but the camera kind of turns in, and you oh, can't—you no, can't, I hate that. You can't yeah. center it on them, and you can't look at yourself. 
And so you're just nope, like, well, this is right. just this is just the default conversation no, camera, all that. and they never went in and had time to tweak it. And I don't believe that there was like, oh, they like just said, oh, screw it, that's good enough. I think they ran out of time, or they ran. I mean, Could maybe be. they they were forced into the frostbite engine and couldn't get the conversation tech they used to to play nice with it. I don't know. Clearly, games like The Witcher Three have a more efficient conversation system for the developers to use, as the guy who worked on the Mass Effect games said in yeah. that in that article uh, or the tweet storm he sent out. Well, I don't disagree um, with any of the criticism. You just love that. I just they, to me. Do they, I think that they just dunks it down to a six out of ten? No, of course not. Like I'd yeah. probably give this between a seven and an eight in there somewhere so far. Um, is it as engaging as the as the other? I think Mass that Effect score will game? go up eventually. Is it engaging as the other Mass Effect games? Not yet. Um, but is it like something that I'm I, I I'm just like oh my god you're an insult to the legacy of Shepard and you should have your Mass Effect title stripped off you and you should be called like Andromeda Space Adventure RPG and go away forever? No, I'm I'm enjoying it just fine. Yeah. I just I just see constantly minute to minute I constantly see things that make me say, "Oh, that's a shame." Not yeah. not oh, I hate this game, but just like, "Oh, it's a shame that that's that way." Yeah, it's not as polished as the other games, and the other games weren't especially polished. No. So, but that all, puts it all kind of in perspective. But I think the problem the, the problem is like, you know, even by just running expectations in terms of Bioware games, you know, Mass Effect 1 was what it was. Yeah. Mass Effect 2 stepped it up. Mass Effect 3 stepped it up further in a lot of ways. Inquisition solved a lot of problems that the Mass Effects never managed to solve, and Dragon Age 2 certainly didn't solve. Yeah. And then, and I like Dragon Age 2, okay. Um, and then Mass Effect Andromeda, you can see it's in their heads how to take the lessons of Inquisition and make it work in the Mass Effect format, but they just didn't get it done. Here's the other thing about it, too, and this isn't going to... It, it somehow took five years and still rushed to market. Yeah. Like, clearly this thing had to come out before the end of fiscal. Like, I think you're, you're, oh, you're yeah. dealing with without that. Oh, yeah, without, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what happened. Like, they're like, look, you're getting it out by the end of March. Yeah. End of story. You've had... And, like, I don't blame right, EA. Right, I mean, it's it been ha- five freaking come years. Come like, at this point, but it's like... It just feels like this is, you know, it's so by the numbers in terms of what a Bioware game is and yeah. expected to be outside of the shooting. Well, I think what happened is... is and, it, but it but the, shoot, the one thing that is really different from the previous games and the previous Bioware games is the shooting gameplay, and that really works. Yeah, it does. It's like, it's weird. Well, I think what happened is Mass Effect used to push boundaries, and mm. it was kind of one of those first like open world action RPGs that everyone loved and got behind the characters and the story. And then you know everyone was let down with the ending of three or whatever, which I think uh, was also a bit overblown. And I think it's, it's expectations. It's people expected this game to continue to do that, to mm. be something different and continue pushing the boundaries. It does not. But actually, I, I, have, a, I have another. Question I think I there's forgot. an overcorrection going on here where people are like, oh my god, it's not innovative, so it's bad. Right. Well, it's like if if you didn't like. You know, beyond the animation problems and, and kind of the, the rough edges of it, if you hated this game, you would hate, also hate Inquisition. Yeah. And people, well, didn't, sense, people yeah. didn't seem to hate Inquisition. It's very much the same. You have, you have a base. Some people do, though. Yeah, but it's still, it's this, I mean, it's the same formula. It's you build the base, you have a base you yeah. work on, and you have to make hard decisions about what, how things grow and how your organization grows, and you, know, you can have this or that. And you, gotta, you know what it reminded me? Actually, Mass Effect, more, even more so than Inquisition, because I feel like Mass Effect's like colonial decisions for you know decisions about the colony and what you're doing like feel like they're much more life and death yeah um maybe because i just more identify with the idea of being in a foreign galaxy and having to like figure out like how to save humanity and find a home like that's a compelling premise yeah um it felt like 
what Fable 3 was trying to do. Remember when Fable 3 tried to do all those hard decisions with keeping your yeah, promises? Yeah, yeah. And Except yeah, yeah. it didn't really work. It felt like it just really didn't work at all. It like all it, this, this is like that idea, but like taken to a level where it actually does work. Here's the other um, angle of this too, and look, this isn't going to affect my game eval score. Like I evaluate what is on the product I am given, but a lot of the stuff that people are going that are complaining about, it's going to be fixed. Yeah, I think in so. like two or three months. I hope it, it will. I mean, I with ninety nine percent certainty. I mean, I'm hoping it's a situation where it's like, yes, you have to have it, have to have it out before the end of fiscal, but by right. fall you'll have this in in ship shape. And again, of. I'm not taking that into account when I score right. it for the eval, but I'm telling you, in a few months' time, it's going to be all like uh, Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas when it launched was a piece right. of crap. Like it had all kinds of problems. Now a lot of people consider it one of the best Fallout's ever. So. You know, a lot of the issues I feel like people have been harp- harping on, You ha- look, you have to downgrade it because you don't know. You don't know for sure that BioWare is going to fix any of this stuff. They could fix none of it. But I think ultimately, in a few months' time, if somebody picks up this game, they're going to play it, and they're going to be like, what the hell is everybody complaining about? Because a lot of this stuff is going to be fixed because it is cosmetics. The core of the game, is, to me, is exceptionally strong. And I think if you're a player who resonates more with the core of a game, which is its systems and its gameplay and things like that, you're going to enjoy it a lot more than somebody who is concerned with, oh my gosh, there's a slight graphical glitch or whatever, with more of the frivolities of game mm-hmm. development. So, as I'm, with anything that's art, beauty is always in the eye of the beholder. One person loves one thing, one person loves another. Some people want Mass Effect to not have any gameplay. Mm-hmm. They just, or it well, may I'm, even be turn-based. Well, I have another question that I forgot to ask you uh, yeah. that is related to the one, probably the only really new thing in the game. What do you think of the, the new Galaxy Map stuff? I think it's great. Because I've seen a lot of complaining about how long it takes and the transit, you know, because you p- pick a planet to go to and then you get like a first person yeah. shot of flying there and stuff. I kind of like it, that. No, I really like it, but I'm a big astronomy nerd. So I was, I was you know, I'm, I'm just like, oh, look at the planet, look at the nebula. Yeah, I, I just like watching that stuff. Yeah. So I was curious I'm at the end of the game pro- and it hasn't worn on Because I don't get the impression you're a huge astronomy nerd. No, um, definitely not. So I was just curious if you thought that was like a time waster or took too long or if you liked I mean, it, it takes like 15 seconds. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not one of those people who sits there and is like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, like, what's it taking forever? Like, I'm not, like, that type of a player who is like, I can't believe it. I just spent eight seconds, like, flying. For- I-, I enjoy it. I enjoy, like, flying through mm. the solar system, passing the planets, and then doing kind of that little arc. Right. When you come around and you see the planet up close, and then it kind of pulls back, and then you start searching for your landing point. I liked it. Oh, he- look at that. He found he found the oh, footage. There it is. Great yeah. job, man. Um, and, you know, after playing, like, No Man's Sky... The navigation in this is incredible. The way it jumps in and out from like planet level to solar system to universe and then back to the ships, like I think it's great. I really like all I love all the fast travel stuff in it. I love navigating the universe. I had no issues with any of it. So Alright. Yeah, I'm totally cool with it. Alright, we gotta wrap it up. Already over three hours, and we haven't done Q&A yet, and we have a trailer of the week. So let's get straight to it. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. When I woke up today, I was like, you know what? This may be the first episode of Game Face without a trailer of the week. <laughs> it, the trailers this week were so terrible. And then Saved This Morning by the launch trailer saved for... Saved by the Ring. Yeah, Saved by the Ring. Saved by the launch trailer for Dark Souls 3. Uh, the very last piece of DLC for Dark Souls 3, by the way, The Ringed City. Get those questions in. Roll it. Ashen One, thy gift of flame has taken root. 
and Uncle Gale will soon bring the pigment. Pigment. Colored like the dark soul of man. The close of the age of fire. The Ring City is said to be at world's end. Past this heap of rubbish, as far as one can go, Every age and every land. It actually sort of lends credence to the old rumors that the Ring City rests below it all. You know, I'm not the world's biggest Souls Bloodborne fan, but that DLC looks pretty freaking awesome. I'm good, because that's what I'm going to make you play when you lose <laughs> the game, game draft. Now that Mass Effect has betrayed you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Bring it on. I survived Bloodborne. I can survive anything at this point. Uh, let's see. The one Geo. Shane, on a previous episode, you said that you could figure out a game was a 7 or 8 within the first few hours of a game. No, I actually said I could score a game on a 5-point scale within the first couple hours of playing it. So how can you tell Kyle? Well, that argument's moot. Uh, here's one from Justin Horman. Is the $10 Nintendo tax going to be any kind of a problem for Nintendo in the near future, or does it not really matter for people who bought a Switch since they're going to want something for their shiny new console and choices are slim after Zelda until at least the fall? I've already seen people rationalizing it as a portability charge. <laughs> because so. you're getting two consoles in one? Yeah! <laughs> pay, pay ten extra dollars to take uh, it on the go. Isn't it crazy how people can rationalize almost anything if it's something that they really love? Yeah. If there's something that they're obsessed with or whatever. Like, they can rationalize anything, no matter how insane it is. Like, <laughs> just find some way in their mind to make it okay. Uh... Uh, yeah, it'll definitely cause problems. I mean, it's just a, it's, I don't think on its own it's a big deal. I think it's a, just one of those things that, like, there's this little pile of things that are starting to, is starting to accumulate, and it's just another rock on top of that little rock pile. It's just, I guess the best way I can describe it is it's just not good. Uh, there's no way to spend, spend an extra $10 for the same game as being good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I also think that this isn't something that, most players will even know exists uh, because the average player, the, the people who turn a system from the Wii U into the Wii, 
those people don't even know what's going on with indie games. Like, you're still going to get most big games for $59.99. You're not going to be paying $70 for Switch games. Obviously, you bought Zelda for $59.99. And most people, they don't dive deep into what's going on in the indie scene. They're going to buy Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Smash Brothers, and that freaking awesome Pokemon game that we were just dreaming about a little earlier. So, uh... Probably maybe a lot to do about nothing. I think it's more for people like us, for the core. Um, but unfortunately, if, if Switch doesn't take off and it is, ends up like the Wii U, all it has is core users, and then maybe it could turn into a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't think it's a huge deal. You have one? Um, Drunken Elvis asks, with so-called AAA games being released and not hitting their expected marks, what future AAA games are you now a little worried about, if any? Hmm... You want to answer that first? Um, I got to admit, like in the wake, you know, in the wake of Zelda and how everyone and their brother is, com- it's the new Dark Souls, and that it's the new thing to compare everything to, whether it makes sense to compare it to it or not. Um, I've already seen people asking, like, well, in the wake of like Breath of the Wild, what should we expect from Red Dead Redemption Two? <laughs> and I'm like, first off, it's amusing that you live in a world where Rockstar cares what anybody else does yeah. ever. <laughs> Um, but I'm kind of interested, like, with, you know, kind of the bar getting raised in the open world, uh, uh, space by games like Zelda and, uh, and, uh, Horizon, and to some degree Wildlands, if you're into the co-op thing, for yeah. sure. It makes me wonder if Red Dead Redemption 2, given that Rockstar develop, tends to develop stuff in a vacuum to some degree, if Ro- Red Dead Redemption 2 will be up to snuff in that regard like will it deliver new things will it deliver like innovation or did it get leapfrogged by these games that seem to have done the open world thing so well i mean my in in, my my instinct is that rockstar will always know how to do that better than just about anybody else but i'm just i'm just curious i honestly can't remember the last time that rockstar did something innovative though yeah they mostly refine their own formula. I mean, they're the best at what they do. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, they were the first. I mean, I thought, Don't I thought get me the, wrong. Like, they were huge innovators right. out of the gate. Now the they've kind of settled in. Good. Yeah, yeah. If the heist stuff had, pay, had paid off and been exploited properly in the single player of GTA V, which I don't think it was. I think it was, yeah. it was a tease more than anything else. Um, I feel like that would have raised that bar. But instead, they, sh- they shunted most of that to, to the online and I feel like it was ignored to, yeah. to a large degree. Um, I would hope. I mean, that, that, that wasn't no, the first time heights were in a game either. No, I mean, but they I, didn't innovate that. But they did. I would it, argue that they did it better than anybody yeah, else. <laughs> for sure. Um, so I'm curious to see if like Red Dead Redemption Two uh, keeps up with the pack. Basically, I, w- I would not expect. It I to wouldn't do bet anything. against them. I wouldn't but. either. But I would not expect Red Dead Redemption Two to be especially innovative. No. I think Rockstar has got to a point where. Where it's not a smart business decision for it to be all that innovative with its mm. games. I mean, people True. have come to expect a certain level of quality, one. But they have certain expectations about what they're, what experiences they're going to get from Rockstar's games. And I think, one, I think it would be dumb. And I think Rockstar is scared to deviate too far away from that. For I mean, look, there's a reason Grand Theft Auto V is still one of the top-selling games every month. There's a reason it has sold so many copies. Um, and I think once you get to that point where you just have this massive franchise, it's really hard to kind of deviate away from that pattern. Um, look, I, I would be overjoyed if Red Dead does something completely out of the box and something new. And like Matt said, 
I would never put it past Rockstar, uh, but I would be really shocked if it does. I think I would just really expect Red Dead 1080p, 60 frames a second, with maybe a couple kinks to maybe how the open world plays out or something like that. I hope they prove me wrong, but I'm just going on my experience and honestly having known a lot of people who worked at Rockstar in the past so and kind of knowing how they do business behind closed doors. So I'd be shocked if uh, it did something like that, but overjoyed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I, the other game I think I would I would not be totally shocked to see not tank in this review scores, but underperform would be Crackdown. Yeah, I think Crackdown's going to do poorly no matter what. I've never been a fan of Crackdown ever. I, I really like Crackdown 1. I thought Crackdown 2 was underwhelming. Um, I can't even remember why I didn't like Crackdown 2 as much as 1. Maybe because you realized Crackdown 1 was sucked at that point. No, I went, I went, <laughs> I went back and played Crackdown 1 uh, a couple years ago, and I still enjoy it. Was, it's shallow, but fun. Yeah, I mean, I and just thought two, the whole game was just collecting orbs. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, sometimes you hit somebody. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and two, I thought she was should have been more fun because it was co-op. But right. I remember playing it for the first. I was playing the first night with Morgan and Dembski, and there's a point which were and I think it was it was Dembski at some point just goes this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like he was the first one to kind of broke it. The yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I don't like this. Why like, is collecting orbs together not more? Yeah, fun? it should be more fun together, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm a little worried about Crackdown. Uh, okay. Although that, that predates all the great games from this quarter, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's kind of cheating on that question. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, here's one from Evusin. Uh, but by going by the pattern, the next Pokemon games would be. Fire Red Leaf Green remakes. Do you think that that would make sense on the Switch with all the nostalgia Go has re- harvested so far? Also, maybe with the Sun and Moon content, since both games reference each other heavily, or just Stars and Diamond Pearl remakes instead? I like the idea of a Fire Red Leaf Green remake. I think that would be a very smart nostalgia cash in, um, but I don't think it's necessary. Uh, it would, you know, a diamond, uh, platinum, pearl, diamond, or whatever that is. Diamond, pearl, platinum. All right. They were diamond and pearl. Yeah. Diamond, pearl. What's the other one? There was a third one. Uh, diamond was the third one. Pearl. Sapphire. No, that's that's uh, sapphire and <laughs> it's ruby. It's so hard to keep um, track of them. So I would just answer that with no. That would be a terrible idea because I can't keep track of all the Pokemon <laughs> games already. <laughs> I mean, I honestly have never played any of those remakes. I play the core first game, and then I never touch, like, the remaster ones or those remixes that they do. I played the remaster of, um, uh, well, the, the remake of uh, Gold and Silver was were great. Was I great. know, I've heard, but it's like, once I've already committed, like, 60 hours to a game, like, I just can't go back and do it again. Yeah, but, like, uh, Gold and Silver made more sense, I think, at the time, because um, it was such a formative game for a, a whole generation, that like started with Pokemon because I remember that like people it was it was like in um, it was like with with us with Zelda the first Zelda where suddenly you, there was the 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 second quest like where you suddenly realized there was so much more game and like where these kids had finished the you know the the first area and all of a sudden the whole first game the first po- original you know original Pokemon was in there to to go back and do as well like that that's an I can I totally see that as an amazing moment if you're if you were oh, that sure. age so yeah, I, totally. I think, I don't know if Fire I'll just say for and... me personally, I just I only have so much time to dedicate to this stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I just can't do it. So I don't. Know. I don't think they can really go wrong whether they whether they remake Red and Red and Green or whether they remake uh, Diamond and Pearl. I think I think they've got a hit on their hands either way, and I'll play either one they give us. 
Um, Congrim 1, given time, which multiplayer would you guys like to return to or spend more time with? Titanfall 2. We answer that right away. I did not have enough time to play anywhere near as much of that game as I wanted to. Um, it was kind of one of the later games of Q4 of last year that I got a chance to play. And I went through the campaign, which I thought was absolutely incredible. And I only got to spend like maybe a few days on the multiplayer before I ended up leaving for the holidays. And then once I came back from the holidays, it, this year has just been bonkers. So uh, that is the one game I would like to go back and play more of. What about you, Matt? Um, I kind of wish I could go back and get into Street Fighter V more. That's a good um, call. But I feel like, A, the game's still kind of a mess in terms of presentation and how Capcom's sort of ro rolling with the season pass stuff. And B, the technology that the community has developed is so far beyond anything that I know how to do now that I'm kind of left in the dust. And I'm sort of just hoping that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite comes out so I can start from zero again and moderately be successful for a week or so. I just feel like I, I missed the boat on Street Fighter V because the, the, tech, the tech and presentational issues were so Oh, yeah, I, I reviewed it and I never went back to it. Yeah. I never went back to it. Here's a good question from Erebus Jones. What's up, man? Uh, should developers get credit for trying to push boundaries, but fail slightly when compared to other devs who play it safe? That's a really good question. Yeah, I think it's up to the, up to the individual, I guess. Well, I mean, you can look at uh, our game eval scoring system. Like every time we publish a game eval, you guys may not notice, but there's at the very bottom you can click it, and it'll take you to our eval policy. And one thing we do reward in writing in our game evals is innovation. So yeah, to me. Personally, and the editorial policy of Sifted, innovation does weigh heavily in how we evaluate games. Um, your question, though, it's a little more granular, and I think it makes it a little more difficult to answer uh, because you're saying one game's actually better than the other, but the other one has something unique about it. So just having a unique idea, I mean, again, if you look at our eval policy, it says it has to have a Unique idea that is executed well. We don't just reward games for trying something new because what good is a new idea if it's broken and it doesn't the work? the highest rated game on the site would be everything. Right, there you go. <laughs> Our only 10 De out of 10 Definitely ever. new. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's any way to give you like a real, a real clear-cut answer. It's kind of a case-by-case -case basis, and it all depends on how well that original idea, that innovation is actually executed. Um, but maybe that gives you at least a little bit of framework about kind of how we think editorially on Sifted. Dyson XP asks, do you think the outcry over the facial animations in Andromeda will make the developers com completely start over and rebuild it far better? No. I don't think they'll start over, no. I think they'll tweak it as best they can. And again, I think if you fix the eyes, fix the eye shaders... Because I remade my character three separate times. Because uh -huh. I'd make her in the character creator, and then when I get in the game... She, her eyes wouldn't look anything like what I made in the char character creator. They did look kind of normal, and then like they look like cartoons. And, the, and I started over three times. And then I started over another extra time because one time I they for whatever reason I picked a certain hairstyle and they gave me the default hair in the uh -huh. game. And there's no way to change that as far as I know. So I started over like four times and finally I gave up. Um, so I think if they fix the eyes, they're already mostly home because the rest of the facial animation, while there is some weird quirks. It's pretty much on par with other Bioware facial animation, which is not fantastic, but at least it works. 
And if you stop making the eyes look weird and get everybody to look at each other eyeline wise, I think you've won the game already. Yeah. In terms of trying to fix this to some degree. The eyes are the big problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like I said earlier, the eyes are the window to the soul. So I get why people are making a big deal out of it. But again, after a while, I just kind of ignored it. Well, you can get used to just about anything. But I'm just saying, like, again, solved issue in Bioware games until now. So hopefully they can kind of get that together. Uh, let's see. We may want to wrap it up. We're already way... This is our longest episode ever, I think. Oh, jeez. I didn't, re- I didn't realize what time it was. The one Geo, I didn't dodge your question at all. It was completely irrelevant. Because you were talking about a whatever to 10 uh, review score, and I was talking about a 1 to, a one to 5 review score. I said that within an hour or two, I can uh, score a game... On a 1 to 5 review scale. When you get to a 100 point scale, it's completely different. I wasn't dodging your question at all. Uh, I think we should wrap it up. It's already 420 something. Yeah, it's getting there. Yep. Thanks for all the great questions, guys. Sorry we couldn't get to all of them. But uh, we only have so much time. But uh, we do appreci- appreciate you guys sticking around till the end of the show. I know for some of you it's pretty late. Hopefully you guys cracked a beer somewhere in there. And kicked up your feet. And you're having a nice, uh, relaxing Friday evening. Um, let's see. Any bookkeeping I got for you guys? Any housekeeping? Buy t-shirts. But not right now, because we're going to have another flash sale on Monday. Don't tell them that. No. <laughs> it's all good. I don't want to... I'd feel bad if somebody bought a shirt today, and then we started a flash sale mm-hmm. on Monday, and I knew that we were Gladly doing a flash sale. today for a shirt. Believe it or not, I actually have some honor, people. I'm not going to try to like rip you off. So uh, Monday, there's going to be another flash sale on shirts. I'm not going to tell you which design. But uh, starting around noon Pacific time on Monday, one of our t-shirt designs will go on sale for $15 instead of $25. And that sale will be up for 24 hours. So you'll have one day to get in and buy the shirts before the deal ends. So that's it for Matt and Sam. Game Face 80 is in the books. We are up and out. (laughs) 